I'm too sexy for my peas, too sexy for my peas, so sexy it hurts. And I'm too sexy for a dad, too sexy for a dad, some girl is sad. And I'm too sexy for your NPC, too sexy for your NPC, no way I'm disco tasking, I choose thief. You please explain me, and I do my little task on the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk, yeah. <laughs> do my little task on the catwalk. And you are listening to what is probably the last Blue Pea song ever on WTF and Vana Deal with Spicy and... A random pundit. And... Called Eric. And Funkworks here. Um, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> You, oh, you suggest we'll be taking down before it even comes out. <laughs> uh, you suggested Stairway to Heaven. That's better than what we got. Ah, uh, you know, I didn't even read it off after I typed it. I figured this will work. Yeah, <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> yeah, why am I here again? Because today this is part two of the Mythic episode. We need you for the outlines, man. Yes, the outlines. The mythic episode we didn't think would last, what, four hours almost? We're too sexy for the mythic episode. And too slow. Too sexy for your blue peas. Oh boy. So where did we leave? Oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not get back into it. Let's first go, how are you doing, Funkworks? Well, you actually care, wow. Well, well, you know, we left you out last time, so. If I didn't say anything, you probably wouldn't have asked it then. You probably just went into an episode and just fucking... Well, to everyone, about them. to everyone's chagrin, we have no email this week. Uh, abject is on strike again. He is uh, in an abject mood. He's deject. So <laughs> so next week when he hears last week's episode, he'll probably send like three or four maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. He's uh, He's been a busy guy, you know, doing his uh, his abject things. And uh, But there's no, no worse threat of the week. We didn't even want to bother with it this week because prior chemistry is not worth mentioning and his terrible threads. And All the threads are bad. All of them. They, they they are a theme in the Discord, if you were in the Discord. I don't even pay attention to someone's name. I just read the thread. Oh. Like I can't cross-reference them like that. I don't pay attention and know who it is. There's many times... You could tag them. Many times I just look at the thread and don't read the poster. And uh, then I go, wait, this looks familiar. And then I check the poster's name. And that would be this case. But at this point, I just see it now. You just can't unsee the name. It's also on our server asking these questions like, is Lilith gear good for Dark Knight? Anyway, we're just, this is not a segment, so how are you, Funk? I'm doing good. I'm working on more key items for the wiki. Getting my list here to edit things that people think are not up to par. Oh, oh yes, the complaint about our ZM mission, because something from, two, what is it, 2006? That mission came, when did that mission come out? That mission came out like 2003 or four. Dude, to say it's not up to date now is a bit obtuse. It is, but I just, I'm sick of people using that as an excuse not to use it mm, in general. I'm going to use old wiki, it's more up to date. Or things that seem confusing to people, it's, I could understand people don't process things the same way, that's why I like seeing people use the wiki on stream and seeing how they search for things and what they click on, it makes me, uh, give me it gives me lots of uh, ideas on how to improve things. But then again, it's just, you can't appeal to everybody, you know, you have only one mind. I like when I get the traffic updates, but I can't actually view them until you give them to me. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm banned. Yeah, you're banned from everywhere. <laughs> Could be. So explain these hell seltzers to me, please, because it's got me perplexed. How is this, whatever the thing is now? So my drink this week is a hell seltzer. If anyone's familiar with Hell's Kitchen, 
Mr. Gordon Ramsay. Uh, he came out with four, like a four pack of seltzer with four different flavors in it. The first one I had was Berry Inferno. The flavor is peach, blueberry, and raspberry. The second one I'm a little scared of. It's called That's Forked. The flavor is key lime, vanilla, and graham. I haven't opened it yet, so when I do, I'll let you know. Does it, uh, as part of the ingredients, have sugar in the raw? Uh, yeah, there's total raw sugars in here. There's three grams of sugar and it includes three grams of added sugar, so that's four grams of sugar? I don't know how that oh, works. I don't know if it's three grams and they're all due to the new labeling rules. Maybe six or four. I don't, know if that's, sure how it works. I don't know if that's all extra sugar added and it's double listed because it has to show what's naturally occurring versus what's added. I think that's what that section is, but I'm not I'm not part of the, the food and know. drug administration. Well, well it says alcohol from dextrose sugar, so it's probably not healthy for you. It's an alcoholic beverage. And uh, carbon dioxide's in here, by the way. <gasps> it's not good. It's been the label of carbon dioxide. <laughs> not good for your teeth. When, what is good for your teeth? Nothing. Um, toothpaste. Is it though? Is it? I I believe so. I believe four to five are dentists. dentists? <laughs> four Helps more than harm. Are you the fifth you? dentist that says no? Yeah. Well, I think last time Fox said nine of the ten dentists. So. No. Oh, also well, last. Fox is not Sorry? here. I was going to say, also, Fox is not here this week because uh, he wasn't there for the first one, and he said he made plans instead, so he figured he'd sit this part two out because he would there, you know, theoretically, if it was one part, not have been there. So he, he says he'll, we'll be fine without him, and I think that's very sad. Maybe he'll make a cameo for Nagi or something, but who knows? He'd be able because I'm here. Yeah, besides uh, wiki stuff, I've been playing uh, Monstrosity quite a lot with a campaign going on. It's pretty fun. Wait, why? Is it, I mean, it, it's fun. I agree. It's very well, fun. I, because just... I needed my mastery title, my mastery rank. Oh, that's right. You're still doing those. And from the guy who posts in the mastery thread on an auction house, he says that unlocking the different um, species is a good way to get ranks in it. Wow. I'm trying to get to eight. I'm hoping it helps. I think I am probably need some Abyssia stuff still, which I'm putting off. I wanted to do Abyssia stuff while I edit the wiki at the same time with those Abyssia quests because they also you, kind of... You've been doing meh. those key items for years, though. Well, not just the items of the Abyssia quests. I still have some uh, stub tags on them, so I'm working on that too. Besides that, I've been good though. So, what are you planning to do once you reach uh, rank eight? Um, well, I mentioned before I got cat's eye. Oh, so your mule? Did you get it or your uh, mule get it? No, I got it. <laughs> you job. can't send that. Yeah, I know. That's why I was asking. So if that's why I picked it on my main. I'm like, oh, I better pick this. It's stupid if I don't, you know. At the point I'm at, though, since I'm only like 7,000 Alex away, it's like I couldn't use a cat's eye for that. So it'd be like, well, I have to make another mythic now. That would have been a waste. I don't play jobs, so I can't make another mythic. So I'm deciding, I'm still thinking that either Burt Gang or the um, Greg Tana. Uh, I would go Burt. At least Burt's useful. I, I, yeah, everything else is done, too. I turned in the Unheard Jar Tang, I turned in Night and Usual. I did all the assaults. All I got to do is Alexandre, and I got it. I already have the items for the ZNMs. One day when we do a samurai, actually, didn't we say we were talking about only doing a samurai lore episode and not even a samurai as we've done episode, just a lore surrounding samurai, which would be something different. We haven't done that yet, but maybe someday if we ever do a samurai episode, probably not, unless there's a expert that steps forward here to guide us through this samurai journey of Zen, then maybe one day we can cover how Koga because we don't have anyone with the authority on the expertise of Koga, I imagine, to talk about how Koga went from the greatest great katana ever to something people laugh at. Well, it's something oh, we're my... talk about tonight a little bit, but we don't have an expert, no. 
Well, a static friend has a Koga, and he claims it's nice with Jimpu, but other than that... Wow. All those CP parties. Oh, yeah. Jinpu only. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. He doesn't even want to sell GP. What a waste of a great katana. It's going to be great. Think of all the, the CP you get people. So, Eric's, how are you? I am fine, maybe. I, was gonna I say, don't know. We woke you up for this, so. Well, I took a, a nap, especially for this, so. Um, I'm still kind of waking up, maybe. But uh, other than that, I'm still working on the storyboard for my webcomic. And it's progressing slowly but smoothly. Kind of reworking some of the older pages, some of the dialogues, since it's uh, I made them like many years ago and they weren't up to my current standards. And I'm still working on my cooking shield. And it's absolutely awful and slow. But uh, that's just how it is, I guess. You know, when you said you're still waking up, unfortunately, hopefully this never happens, but you know what I thought? Uh, do I want to know? Oh, you know where this is going. Do I? Yes, oh, you know where this is going. I'm afraid I don't. How can you see into my blue peas like open quests? Please shoot me. <laughs> Task me up. And you woke up for this, Eric's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is as, as I said... As I said earlier, all the regrets. Uh, this is the content everyone's been been begging for. I've been very happy though to see was it Brahms gave feedback, and somehow with our very limited audience, we have the clout here in the wide, wide world of Vanadil to have someone go, "Hey, Brahms, you were mentioned in the last episode of the podcast." It's like okay, so much clout it only brings strife. Ooh, ooh. I try to be awful. So hard and got so far. In the end, I couldn't find the blue peas. Would people prefer abject emails or blue pea songs? I, I imagine we, we someone we Neither. mentioned before said that abject's not funny, but abject is far, far better than whatever this is here. You missed your shot in American Idol. Oh, yes. I would be something different and different, that's for sure. I have no tone. I can't even carry myself in a bucket. So, personally, I am doing all right. I was hoping you were going to ask me, Funk. I'm very sad now. Oh, you're doing spicy. Wow, one at a time. <laughs> I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm enjoying this uh, local Jersey lager here. I've never had it. It's actually very good, surprisingly, because I expected it to be very underwhelming, like the typical local beers tend to be, and it's actually very, very, very good. And otherwise... Uh, Carrot and I are doing fine. We've been going swimming a lot. Um, for those who aren't in our static group, and this doesn't include Funk and Eric, you weren't there. Um, Abject had said that he could not picture me swimming, so I went and started drowning myself with my phone above the water. And like literally, just water's coming on my lungs. I gotta get this shot. I gotta get this picture. And instead of picture of me, bubbles coming out and everything, just you know, drowning myself, and sent the picture to Abject and asked him to save me. So, you know, swimming's been nice. <laughs> eventful yes 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 the the things that you do for nothing there's not like anyone there's, there's no likes no one saw the picture no nor will anyone see the picture so you were hitting the blue seas instead of the blue peas <laughs> <laughs> well it's a pool it's not a sea but uh just let your imagination run wild oh it is and otherwise been focusing on uh practicing german more carrots complaining that 
she can't learn the way I do with these stupid things that I give her. But she goes, I'll just take a class at the local college. And apparently the college no longer teaches German. <laughs> so <laughs> they did in the past, but apparently not. There's no demand. Uh, I guess not. You know, not even Eric's wants to speak German. Correct. Brings nothing but trouble. <laughs> it almost makes you want to conquer things and stuff. There should be like, great. like a meme to that and of stuff. some fashion and stuff. And make good beer. Yeah, just conquering Poland and stuff. You'll have to check that out. No. <laughs> I prefer not to. So we left off with Gastrophides. Oh, no, wait, hold on. We, we, we missed some stuff. We missed some stuff. You're not even reading the outline. What's the point? I have the outline in front of me, but I was skipping the part that we skipped before, the salvage dupes. But also, before the last thing is missed, we have to give a shout-out to Podast. I believe it was Funk who realized that uh, the podcast for the past seven, eight months had had podcast spelled as Podast. There was no C. So... If anyone's on in Podbean. Yeah, on Podbean and so Spotify everything. So if anyone is in the Discord and has noticed that the uh channel is now Podash Chat, that is why. It is uh it is now and it is no longer a podcast. You are now listening to a podcast. You fixed the one in pod Oh yes, yes, that's a podcast now, but everything else is a podcast. Yeah, just like the picture of the rabbit holes. Yes, yes. Which I'm really disappointed you didn't put as the YouTube picture, by the way. You only put it in Discord. Well, I mean it could be that, but I didn't want to ruin Fox's beautiful artwork because I don't think he's going to take the time to make new artwork ever again for us. He's just, you know. I enhanced it. It didn't ruin it. <laughs> no, you covered it in rabbits. And it took him a long time to actually make it, too. Yeah, because Funk took, not Funk, Fox took too many Fs. Took a lot of time on uh, that art. Took him many, many That's moons. The chat. Many moons of, how's that art coming? Mm, thinking about it. How's that art coming? Mm. So Getting there. Getting there. I remember that. <laughs> yes. Like when's the first episode coming out? Oh, not till the art's done. Yes, yes. The hold up at one point was the art, but yes. So podcast because that had been forgotten to be mentioned. So we left off with the salvage dupes that we forgot to mention, and we had to bring up in part two because salvage duping was one of the biggest moments in the history of Final Fantasy XI. And Funk covers all of the history details here on the history of Final Fantasy XI on BG. Go, go see it. But we have the salvage banner hammer that happened. The date was January 22nd, 2009. It was basically out of nowhere. It was definitely the most shocking and unexpected wave of bans ever happened. And you could tell they were super, super angry because they just banned people who weren't doing anything, but were also in the group, like playing with people. So if you were yeah, in the party, people, you joined the shout it, it group. Was, it was so strange. Like Some people got hit who just joined and went there for one run. Some people were there for all the runs, knew what was happening, and did not get hit. That's, so that, Square Enix logic as as normal, you know, how that goes. They fucking hired Mr. Bean to do detective work, I think. Mr. Bean. But anyways, to go over the exploit here, it occurred when you split an alliance after defeating a monster when you obtain a drop and it's in a treasure pool. So if you had three different parties and you split the alliance, that would be three different loot pools. So everything got triple, tripled, basically. That included all the bodies, all the Alexandrite. And this was the biggest source of Alexandrite back then before all the enhances, enhancements as far as Nizzle 2 came out and Salvage 2 and all the linen purses. This is the main source of Alexandrite. Which reminds me of that recent debacle that was going on in the Discord with the Reddit guy who says that all of the weapons created in the game are thanks to RMTs, and RMTs are the greatest, so. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was really trying to justify what he was doing, it seemed like. 
I like uh, Rooks. I talked to Rooks about it, and he had a comment like, yeah, there's always been, you know, shitheads like that in this game throughout its whole history. I'm like, oh, thanks, Rooks. You're the best. Needed the approval of someone who counts. But, but one of the person, one of the people I got hit for the ban was uh, Mini Dragon. I was gonna, I was just gonna think Mini Dragon. Oh yeah, he's the name everyone knows, but no one knew or cared about because he's just Mini Dragon. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like the other person hit on the Pandemonium's big guy was Wop of the Bop, who you know, good riddance. Uh, even though his sister's still around on her character, who's also a, I, I'll, I'll, I'll reserve my opinions there. But uh, a lot of huge names, but Mini Dragon's probably the biggest name. Yeah, you had uh, Armada Hauberk, D-Ring, Dust Gloves Plus One, and Six Relics at the time, which was unheard of, especially for North American players. So when the rankings mattered more on Auction House because the game was young and the internet was younger and like ranking systems and things like... Like kills? Yeah, like like Xbox 360 points were kind of like a thing at the time. And just, you know, the way the game was, it felt like it mattered a lot more to have those points. He was number one by far on there. Of course, at that point, don't bother me, people. Uh, of course, at that point, um, my phone goes off, distracts me. At that point, uh, you know that people just assumed you didn't sleep, or you know, you just it wasn't a. It's like everyone was like, "Look at this guy," but it was like, and then everyone says shit about this person immediately. And I don't think that's changed to this day. But nowadays, if you have everything, it's not like you know, you're not like a troll under a bridge, never seeing the light of day. You know, some South Park sort of you know live to win scene. Well, he was the smallest of dragons, but he had the biggest of walls. <laughs> the fuck? Zinger. I guess you're not too tired for those. I mean, that's the only reason I'm here, is it? I feel so bad. Well, after you the things, uh, people compare it to Blizzard, saying Blizzard wouldn't do this. Blizzard would just take it, the items away from us. Instead, I see just decide to ban everybody. Yeah, but everyone yeah. always does that every time something happens and people are... Well, I mean, in this case, this was the one example where a lot of people who weren't really in the wrong at all got caught up in it and some people got away. I mean, but everyone always, every time something happens, goes, well, you know, and they do that and make all these whataboutisms and other stuff like that. But that happens every time. Well, it's the what made it worse was 400 people got temp banned, 550 people got permit banned. And people who went on one run sometimes got a temp or a permanent ban, but people who knew what was going on got a temp ban. So I remember that thread. It was legendary on BG's forums. Yeah, it was. It was, it was pretty good. And also, there was also a post by GM Dave, if you remember GM Dave. Oh, yes. Back when people read blogs in GeoCities. It was basically, I think whoever doesn't know about it, GM Dave, the blog still exists. Spicy <laughs> can remember to put it in the comments. But, um, he basically was an undercover GM reporting on things that I see and how chaotic things were run. And he commented that even the uh, the GMs in the California office didn't expect this and didn't know why the Japan office would decide to do this. The JPs are furious. It's like um, when you have something handled um, in this game, a banning that's being reviewed, it's by a senior GM is going to be uh, a Japanese GM as far as I have an understanding of. Not that I'm you know, take it with a grain of salt from what I understand to be true. Uh, the senior GMs who decide the ultimate fate of people, like if you appeal or anything like that, those are always Japanese GMs. So in my mind, the Japanese were furious about the way uh, the game had, you know, it was like a big insult, I guess. So they, they dropped the hammer so hard to bring a message that, of course, the NA GMs in California would have nothing to know about because the senior ones didn't need to tell them shit. They just did it. So was GM Dave ever verified, or was it just potentially just role playing? Just a meme. I don't know. I mean, it, the stuff that he posts made me think he is real. 
I mean, he could have been a GM at a different game company, perhaps, or for a different game company, not necessarily for Eleven, just doing those experiences to write his stories. Because he did have a certain penchant for German Gand, but um, but obviously wasn't really used in as by GMs. So who knows? I did like back in the day, just it, you know, because the, the internet was different. You didn't have. I think auction house was really a thing back then. At that point, was it? When did auction house become a thing? Twenty ten plus, or was it? It's around then, it was right? Two thousand nine ish. Yeah, it was around then, but it wasn't like BG was still the big thing. People weren't talking about posting an auction house. But yeah. um, in a world where like you don't have that and don't have all the things like Reddit and stuff that we pay attention to today, like having someone's blog about the game and being funny and stuff like that was like a big deal, and people talked about it. It's kind of killing effort, like the big yeah, yeah, effort. killing effort was. But I mean, that that's like you know, that's like making fun of a, a pile of shit on fire or something, you know? Yeah, it's happened. I mean, the BG community was greatly affected. Um, it's the very significant players who had lots of knowledge of the game mechanics. We got hit by this. Oh yeah, um, they, the, the, um, sorry to cut you off. The famous live journal uh, Kanakans uh, mechanics and everything. He got hit in the salvage bands. I remember that one. Yeah, all the all the enmity numbers we originally had, and all the good information oh. and stuff we originally got from his live journal blog, which is still around. Uh, which makes it look. I mean, if you look at his live journal, uh, the was it K A N I C A N or whatever Kanakan. Just off the top of my head, I might be wrong, but it definitely starts with K A. Um, just looking at that makes you realize how old the internet felt at that time compared to now. And looking at you know he like made a he made a his little blog post about getting banned, but he like his information was like some of the most talked about at the time, as far as I remember back then. Yeah, back then BG was considered the latest community, which it really was. Just bluntly, it really was the latest community, especially when people were had to be invited to join, and uh. BG was blamed for hiding the information from SE and that they didn't report this thing. Who blames people for not reporting things? I mean, that's... Greenix does. That's, well, they even kept it hush-hush. Like, when someone posted a thread about it, it was deleted immediately. The only th- Yeah, well, there you go. But the only thing that that would have changed is less people being banned for finding out and doing it. You know, that's... It doesn't... Yeah. Not reporting, it doesn't protect, you know... It, it's better to not report it if you're guilty because then you're just going to get banned, so... As far as the Japanese perspective goes, um, lots of them were posting on 2chan is the thing. So it's like basically anonymous message boards. They don't have a forum where everybody has like a certain name and they post in the same name. It's just uh, anonymous posts. But they're saying how um, Zama Miyagar, Miyagari. So it basically means how like the apples or in your face. Oh, wow. That's uh... But like, do you think they don't cheat? It's not really apparent that they cheat or not. So it's poss- quite possible that a lot of Japanese players were taking advantage of this. I think it's but just... It just weren't known because they were posting anonymously. It's, you know, I think it's more of a culture, not that I'm qualified to make this comment, but my opinion of my... The way I see it is there's a culture of private or publicly having a very respectable uh, image of not doing this or that, but privately just, you know, it's not the same thing. And but you don't make it a public thing. But so if it is, it's like fair game, even yeah. if you're guilty of it. But it's like it's like you should be ashamed of yourself, even though privately these people are just as guilty. But publicly they have that whole uh, pomp and circumstance kind of formality thing going on. I think that's as far as I've seen it. But or think about it. But some of these uh, quotes here that were posted in the BG forums after it happened are pretty juicy, though. Oh, you're gonna read us some? I'll read you a couple here. 
One here says, it's just as if not more likely that the JP spilled the beans. Oh, well, at least I got an Aries flying chart for my 37 dark. <laughs> 37 dark. See, back then that was a big deal and people got really mad because a lot of people didn't have that and people were just getting it for, you know, like when Wopa got a shield, uh, he got an Aegis for his Paladin and it was like level one or something and he took it to the Dunes. He had Aegis and like at that time, no one really had Aegis. So that was the kind of people that were doing this and getting banned. And those are the kind of things that like, people were like, you didn't have a black belt back then, which is far more easier to obtain. People get upset if you had a black belt. Yeah, for sure. I got um, I got my Adam and Hallberg when I had a 37 dark, zero beast, and like nothing, like 37 more. I got Squishy, my mule, um, a black belt with no sub job when like level 90 was the cap. And by that point, it wasn't a big deal. But the the stigma of the anger that people had i still got i got angry messages all the time in abyssia parties just forever just at level 90 caps people really mad that you know it's calling me a piece of shit for getting a black belt on a subless mule <laughs> and just you know i was just i was astounded and also hysterically laughing at how stupid it is that you know the, just these random tells i'd get for i, was, I would purposely leave the character on in juno with a black belt on cuz it had like at that time I also went and got, just when the Nizal gear came out later, I went and got all the neo Nizal gear for it, because you could, um, I, could did I, have just, I don't know if I was a lamp mule or what. I think you could debox the gear at the time. Or could you? I don't know. But I know I went and got all the, the Thomas gear and stuff for the monk. So sitting there, that, when sublist, later on, the sublist mule with the full Thomas set, people were struggling to do neo Nizal Isle. And no, I wasn't rampantly cheating or flea hacking. No one, no one ran at excess speeds when I did that which is what made it even better. Just the angry tales actually just changed over to that too. And I think about it, which is very good. A couple more quotes here. Next one is LOL. The people who should deserved to know knew those that didn't, didn't. It's as simple as that. It's quite, it's kept quiet to keep the high and mighty people who deemed this sort of behavior as inappropriate from reporting it in mass scale and ruining it for those of us who enjoyed getting our just rewards. <laughs> Doing salvage four to seven times a week for a year can complete a Whopping piss poor two three pieces and then come back with your QQing. That sounds well, like their just rewards. A quintessential <laughs> BG post. Yeah, it's like you never know how sarcastic and deadpan they're being and, and humorous they're being and how far they're being a sociopath. You never know. That was always what made BG fun for me. But a lot of people hated that, and I I liked it. But yeah, a uh, couple more here. Next one is the quote process used in game mechanics with zero hacks or forced cheats, i.e. POS hacking takes game data from your computer, changes it, and sends false data to Pekas to SC. This is illegal as it should be something outside the game. As such, they're not going to ban anyone because no one cheated in black and white sense of the word. Oh, wow. But they did. Yeah, I was going to say that, that, uh, that, that comment did not age well even back then. One last one here. Go Crimea River. We had 100 salvage pieces completed by LS intern groups before we found out about it. If you had any <laughs> friends that could trust you, maybe you would have known about it before it got fixed. Intern groups? Yep. What the fuck are interns in Final Fantasy XI? Well, back then, I think maybe they had people test it out for Link Shells and they had to make sure they're good. Remember that post recently at Auction House? We're going to test you to make sure you're good before we can be invited to our Link Shell. Oh. Maybe they just mean internal? Who knows? Meet at number nine to test if unable to join Link Shell. <laughs> you got a tank for at least this long. <laughs> if you want to be my LS member. No. Yeah. 
Um, the others, like Kotaku covered this banning, a couple other big news that covered the banning, so it was definitely uh, talk of the town, yeah, just as much as AV and uh, Pandemonium were. Yeah, Kotaku covered all that sort of stuff back then because it's Kotaku and they needed stuff to talk about. You know, nowadays they don't give a shit about 11 besides a random op-ed, some bored person that's been there forever with no experience of modern stuff rights. Or yeah. or someone who has no clue about the game is the other complaint you get of people that have no clue about the game just writing stuff. This is why Final Fantasy XI is still worth playing in 2021. <laughs> uh, Checking my YouTube video there, or what? Because there's like 50 of those. So, yeah, the, the wor- I was going to say the worst thing is there's a lot of those videos because they're just you know fucking attention whoring for people to watch them. As if as if there's any date needed for that. I mean, you need to update it over time, but I mean. It's stupid because every person will decide whether the game is worth it for them. You can't like, what are you going to do? Put out propaganda to be like, oh yeah, this game's awesome. Let me tell you about how it's awesome and hype you up like some fucking, you know, school spirit pride day or something. I mean, what is this? And we all know that content equals videos, nothing else. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Ring that bell. Mash that like button. But you know, guys, we have a sponsor today for those who didn't know. And oh, it, really? It's not Raid Shadow Legends. We're not that prestigious yet. But uh, just wanted you guys to know that this episode of WTF and Vana Deal is brought to you in part by Rollenberry Fields Brewery. From diners in the Arostery, or dinners in the Arostery, to a relaxing day on the beach in Selbana, Rollenberry Fields Brewery has a drink for you. Try our new Sandorian Reserves with subtle hints of white Rollenberry and blue peas. The mix offers a refreshing summer drink, which will bring you back for more. So today we're sponsored by uh, Rollenberry Fields Brewery. So give them a, a like or a check, whatever you guys do. And while you're ordering your Roll your Rollenberry wine, go ahead and Google uh, Banhammer zero 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 four. What's that? It's, it's the one of the. You remember these uh, the Hitler dub videos? Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. The, the, this guy made one for the Banhammer. It's really worth watching. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Eric. That's what always so hard to watch for me because I can understand every word you say. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, mute it. It, well, the worst thing is, too, if you know the history of it and the fall of Berlin stuff or even have a faintest idea, you know it's not this, but even though you, I mean, no, everyone knows it's not, but just you have an idea of what the meeting is there. That's uh, the movie's yeah, the movie's Der Untergang, right? Yeah, but it's hard for me to pretend to, well, for, uh, for the subtitles to be sort of real. Like, uh, I cannot suspend my disbelief, basically. So I basically, I just have to mute it every time. But the <laughs> subtitles are really funny. <laughs> it ruined for you. You have to, you just have to mute. That's so sad. What to make yeah, it in, uh, well, you know English too, you have to make it in a different language. I wonder if what they could do is like, I'm sure they recorded that scene in different dubs. Just get like the you know the Korean dub or something over that some random language you have no like understanding of that you can still listen to and then read the subtitles with the Korean. Yeah, I, I mean, if you, if you spoke in a in a uh, dialect that was, uh, in a German dialect I wasn't familiar too familiar with, then it would basically be like a foreign language to me. Schweizerdeutsch. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> Swiss German is is like the equivalent of you know English people hearing really really thick Scottish. And you don't understand what the fuck they're saying, although it's English. That's the equivalent of Swiss German to normal German. Like Pig Latin? I don't know about Pig Latin, but... <laughs> then again, if I had to hear him talk Swiss German, I, I'm pretty sure I would be laughing about that and not about the subtitles. If Hitler so, spoke Swiss German, he never would have conquered anything. Well, he would have conquered our wallets. 
<laughs> What's in your wallet? Money. Well, there was money once upon a time. There's no money now because you tried the new Sandorium Reserves with subtle hints of white Rollenberry and blue peas, only brought to you by Rollenberry Fields Brewery. True, it brought me back for more puns. <laughs> so are we... So is that it for the... <laughs> stupid shit. Is that it for the the salvage dupe bands, or is there more amazing content? Okay, good. But now there's time to insert a hidden PubMet faster discussion here. Oh, uh, no, we're, we'll get to Ken Konkin when we get to it. The next one that we have left on the list is uh, Gastrophides, and I'm really bad and didn't pull up the myriad arms of Balrin. So Even though I told you to do it before we started uh, here? You know, I was, uh, you know, doing things. So Gastrophides, I didn't uh, Carrot get one of these recently? She does, in fact, have one. Should I grab her and have her give her a cameo? Um, you could. Would it be anything more than it sucks and not worth it? I don't know. She's always full of surprises, but it would probably be anticlimactic at best. Well, before you grab her, let's go over the lore. Should I? Who wants to read this one, the in-game one? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I have it up. I'll read it. It says Ranger Crossbow in parentheses, just in case you didn't know from the picture of an elven holding the Ranger Crossbow. Equipped with an incredibly strong compound string, proper operation of this powerful bow typically requires the user to brace the stock against their stomach from which its name literally belly blow derives at present the empire furnishes automated pulling devices to accomplish this arduous task of reloading so means exactly the elven isn't probably is using it properly so yeah if it's, it's that hard to arm. load it shooting it one-handed would have enough recoil i imagine to uh really probably break your wrist or something slap you in the face <laughs> anyways the real life meaning exactly what spicy just said it means belly releaser it was a handheld crossbow used by the ancient Greeks. It was described in the first century AD by the Greek author Heron of Alexandria in his work uh, Bello Poesia, Poesa, which draws an earlier account of the famous Greek engineer uh, Tisibius. There you go. That sounds pretty legitimate. 285 to 222 BC. Heron identifies the Gastrophides as the forerunner of the later catapult, which places its invention some unknown tier time frame prior to C 420 BC. Unlike later Roman and medieval crossbows, spanning the weapon was not done by pulling up the string, but by pushing down an elaborate slider mechanism. Basically, gastrophetus was a laxative because it's a belly releaser. Wow. <laughs> For those of you who ever played Stronghold on the PC back in the Windows 98 or ME days, the monks actually give you the crossbow design in order to stop the wolf swordsmen from destroying your camp. Was it in Age of Empires? I preferred Stronghold over AoE. Anyway, 75 cap. <laughs> I don't think anybody... I mean, Holy Bolts were okay. They were big back at 75. But at this point, I don't think it really was a thing at this point when they came out. I think it was before this even came out. I don't remember any information about anyone having gastrophides uh, back at 75. I don't know how good the weapon skill would have been. I mean, I think the weapon skill was underwhelming, but uh, as I said, I remember some talk about Barrage being really impressive with it. Well, a lot of people would rather probably just make the relic gun at that point, right? I mean, yeah, the relic gun definitely. It, it served multi purposes there then. Because if back in that yeah. time, if you're going to put your effort into one thing on Ranger, I'd imagine most people probably sided with the gun. Like bullets were huge. Like I was making so much money on silver bullets, so everyone loved the guns. 
Yeah, they're still. So there. I don't think they even thought twice about a crossbow. Like, what the fuck? Why is this a gun? You just even think about it anymore. I mean, I mean really, bolts oh. were more useful back then, like um, for attack down or for defense down stuff like that. Yeah, wasn't it up to the thief to do that though? Well, yeah, a lot of people put it up to the thief, but honestly, I mean, ranger, ranger was super good for. I mean, everyone had ranger for finding dark Ixion or whatever. I mean, if you already had a Gastrophedius, you might as well use those useful bolts as well, right? I'll make the thief with uh, less ranged accuracy try. Everyone knew thief's terrible. <laughs> Your words, not mine. So does Carrot have any input on the current status? Uh, I, I yelled through the wall to her, and she said, No! So, she doesn't care. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, Gastrophedes, Gastrophedes, Gastrophetes. Um, my... my... My friend who has it says it's Gastrophedes. Gastrophedes. He's, he's usually right about uh, language things. So Gastrophedes so. Uh, only kind of came back with, you know, into popular conscious in my mind with the Esha era and people wanting, you know, more even into, you know, more recent years it came back in. It was kind of ignored for a long time, too, even at 119. People had it, but it was very rare. It's still rare today, but like people have it and they're like, yeah, that's good. But before people be like, that's a crossbow, it's a mythic, what do you even care? But I mean, it seems like today in the in the conscious of people, like even if you don't have it or talk about it, everyone's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, True Flight is, uh, was actually pretty useful during well, when Omen was big on K, I believe. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think it's really hampered because all, all of the recent content we've gotten has double dark weather, like that, Dynamis and... Uh, yeah, and Dynamis, it's still, as long as you're sufficiently buffed, the, the weather isn't going to kill the weapon. It's not well, yeah, helping no, it, no, but... It's, it's still good, but, um, I mean, with Savage Blade becoming so popular during that time, it's well, kind of took a back to it. Yeah, they serve different purposes if you could shoot for... I mean, it, it depends, too. I'm sure the Japanese people might like it more because they still care about Black Mages more, it seems, at least. So if they're in that kind of setup, it doesn't hurt to be... A ranger, because rangers got a lot of accuracy. So if you, you know, it can fit into a group of mages to do that magical damage and make skill change to burst off of and stuff. You know, just it's not like it's super important, but it it does fill certain niches that you know the gastrophes handles for ranger that other weapons do not. Wouldn't wired fire be better than this though? Wildfire, no. A wildfire is nice for self darkness skill change, but you really need its armor. Any yeah, and it just the extra TP uh, just increases the enemy reduction. So, oh yeah. So it, the augment gives true flight damage plus fifteen percent plus the hidden amount, so it'd be fifty percent damage basically. I can the do barrage accuracy five. Like, yeah, I mean it's like it's just basically a light based um, leaden salute, so it has a lot of potential. It's just not popular because most stuff was uh wake to darkness recently so doesn't have great weapon skill properties but the ftp is good on it yeah i mean uh ranger doesn't didn't really need as much as corsair to make it work well by when shooting at least so how about the calling bolts um barrage plus one yeah well their barrages are can hit pretty hard like i've seen a few that did cap damage and they can even exceed the cap which uh, breaks the chat. So oh, yeah. Been, uh, I think Soulfire Ambuscade. I remember that. that. But yeah, not a lot of people actually have one to really test it out. So. so it has potential. It's just if you want to drop the money on it, 
go for it. Kind of I mean, thing. With hover shot now, it's probably pretty crazy. Um, but I haven't really seen my ranger friend use it a lot recently. He's mostly been using Gandiva because that white damage is pretty uh, saucy in uh, Odyssey. I mean, sorry, it's pretty spicy in Odyssey. Um, <laughs> it's pun there. But yeah, um, it's it's a good weapon. So um, it's just just not popular for some reason. So Carrot uh, popped out to say that she was told by, um, shall we say, ignorant sources that if she made Gastra, some Galka, some Galka. me. Yeah, that's why we don't trust Galkas. Uh, that if she had made a Gastra, that she would do uh, straight nines to Delande without buffs, which is obviously the dumbest thing. You're not, but you need that buffs. Sounds pretty dumb. On, yeah, on range for a magical weapon school, you need buffs. You just need them. So without buffs, she was told she'd do straight nines to Delande, which is a Odyssey and M. So uh, that didn't happen, and she hasn't used it enough otherwise to you know have much in the way of opinions about it. Is she going to work on her ranger a bit or no? I think she already worked on. She's really weird. She'll just blaze through like i have paid she did it in like what your r15 and everything and like you're geared your ranger up completely soup to nuts well not r15 that's an r15 no alex alex too oh yeah she apparently she did her entire gastro in three days and then she geared up the rest of her ranger she's had she had arm and stuff back many many moons ago before i think even the eye level era so she's not like she she had a ranger she just didn't use it for many years but uh yeah, for Delve. Ranger was big for Delve, too. I don't know. Many people didn't have Gastro then either, but... Oh, yeah, since you brought up JL, I think our Ranger used it for Mama Creeps or Gigalorum, and it worked pretty well. Oh, yeah. We... Was it Raskovnich? One of one of those three. I'm sure it works very well in Odyssey in general, but people just don't have enough to take advantage of and make strategies to get cookie-covered around with. Yeah, but it, it works in relatively low-buff situations, as long as you have the gear for for true flight so not straight nines thought, but yeah it does work and no not straight nines but it did more damage than than physical weapon skills um that were underbuffed so if if it's like that uh, you're i don't know third run or something you're just trying to knock something out for the amplifier bonus and it's a pretty good option and also, if you're just trying to, you know, some people don't all use summoners, you can take out Vinapata with Rangers, and if you're buffed properly, it's not like you're going to use Live and Salute there with Corsairs, so... True flight. But yeah, we don't have anyone that can really speak to the power of the weapon. Carrot's uh, not your typical case. She's a bit of a... Oh, I'll just make this. You didn't do a Ranger episode yet, right? No, we have not done a Ranger episode. If anybody's listening knows about Ranger, it's best you could use a Ranger guest. If you know about Ranger... Don't be a stranger. <laughs> Next so, weapon, then, I guess. Yeah, Kogarasumaru? Kogarasumaru? Yep. Who wants to read the myriad arms and bottom? I already went. Me too. Eric, you're up. I guess I'll do it. Uh, the myriad balls of arm run. Kogarasumaru. <laughs> Atypical among other members of the great katana tradition, the tip of this blade has been forged to hold two edges, one fashioned in the traditional Eastern style and the other in that of the West. Legend proclaims that the blade was presented to Balran after his defeat of the nefarious enemy general Ogorasu in an epic struggle. How epic was the struggle? Extremely epic. Epic enough for a blade? Apparently. Dual-purpose blade. All right, so the note. It was originally the family sword of the Tyrock clan, which was an offshoot of the imperial family and a major player in Japanese politics throughout the Heian period. 
period and it's until its downfall in 1185. The family's fall from grace is immortalized by the tale of the Heike, or Heike, which is about the impermanence of all things. There are three stories about the name, the coolest of which is that it was used to defeat Tarano Masakado, a rebel against the emperor in 1939, who split himself into eight images. That's a semi anyone. Um, one of one of the images had a bird emblazoned on its helmet. Uh, another story is that it was given to Emperor Kamu by birds sent as messengers from the Isis shrine. I don't know which story sounds more believable, that birds gave a, a weapon to someone or that someone else was involved in the weapon. I'm going to go with someone else. Who I mean, put himself into eight images? Yeah, eight images seems legitimate. Maybe they just cut him into eight pieces. Oh, maybe. You better believe it. Like, uh, what was it, Oliver Cromwell? They just drew and quarter him and put, uh, you know, every part of him across England. It makes me so, think that, as he thinks that it's based on the birds, though, with the whole naming, as he named the sword. I'm trying to figure out the name here. I could tell you getting 30k Alex is for the birds. Something I mean, about the, crows and... The, the in-game lore references the thing again uh, with uh, Tarno Masakaru because he was a rebel. So basically an evil uh, oh, yeah. enemy general. general. Yeah, it could be though. Plus the whole uh, samurai versus ninja thing was often referenced in the game. It wasn't. And Takirana uh, is basically chaos, and it's the same character as Karasu, with different reading. Literally, crow that flies flies wildly about, or a flock of wild crows. A murder of crows. Murder of crows. Yeah. It kind of makes sense how the weapon skill itself is like black as well, but at seventy-five cap. Um, my note here says there's really no point in it. It's like a toy, but people use the... Um, the well, third uh, eye was really big at 75, so... But when did Samurai really get that much hate without dying from something that wouldn't protect you from a third eye? Uh, one time I was trying to camp Trotter Boots on Thief, and it's something at 75 you need to have multiple people for. And there was a Japanese group that almost entirely killed it with a thief, a samurai, and a white mage, I believe. And the samurai was obviously tanking. And uh, if they had the Koga Rasumaru in that case, they probably would have beaten it because their third eye would have been uh, better. They got to like 20% or something, finally ran out of MP and died kind of thing. So yes, that's when. Yeah. And if you think about it, those are the kind of reasons that we make weapons, or at least I do yeah. to this day. Yeah, for situations like that, yeah. But I could see the triple damage aftermath being definitely useful. Yeah, and um, I know during just 99-era Delve, for whatever reason, everyone was talking about how great Koga was and everyone was making one. It was like the number one mythic everyone was talking about, to my memory, back at like 99 days. Well, a correction to that, it was aftermath that increases the accuracy attack, occasionally attacks twice. It's like a Saboro, but more powerful. And Tachirana was good, not in damage ever, but it was always good for samurai needing it oftentimes to make darkness skill chains. Even today, it's the best way to make darkness. Rana, Rana to Fudo is darkness. Yeah. Yeah, but dar- uh, samurai is really good at making darkness in general, and Rana is really underwhelming. It really is. Uh, yeah, but I mean, arc. sometimes you just gotta make darkness. Some things when, like, absorb yeah. light, you need to make darkness. Yeah, and gel especially, you sometimes just need darkness for the mechanics, so... Yeah. This month's Ambuscade, you don't want to do light skill chains to, like, Rama or uh, Garuda and stuff, so... As far as these days, I mean, I could see the utility in it, but what kind of fights would be more efficient if you just killed something faster than to mess around with Third Eye? 
to charge well, that back. Sometimes, sometimes you can't always kill it faster. There's going to be some weird fight that comes up that someone makes use of it. But yeah, it's 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 kind of like uh, keeping around the relic bow for that distortion skill chain. You know, it's it's like very limited usage. It only comes up in some weird situations. So, I mean, originally samurai was intended to be a tank job, I think. So uh, maybe they were actually trying to to push samurai towards the whole tanking thing with a sweat, but. I don't know. Yeah, back then, Nessie had a hard-on for samurai all the time. Everyone's like, oh, they're not going to nerf samurai. I see bread and butter. Everyone always complained that the Japanese could get buffs, nothing else. Yeah, and the, until Sagan, the, uh, t- um, samurai couldn't really take hits anyway. And then also require, requiring a mythic just to be able to keep it up for longer. Yeah, not, not really great design if they actually wanted to make a tank. If your third eye lasts for more than four hours, immediately see your local Moogle. <laughs> so the enhances third eye five effect gives the following increased anticipation rate by 15%, increases the rate of contours by 25%, but does not increase the chance of third eye remaining after an attack. It really should. My, my friend actually says that it does feel like it lasts longer. It's uh, just an anecdote, but um, he used Koga for a long time. Um, so... I feel like it might just not be reported on because most people don't never bother with a weapon. Does he have like a, a counter build then? Um, I don't think he has a counter build, but he used it like extensively during Abyssia and uh, up until Esha era, and well, um, even even beyond that actually. So he, he used it for a long time. I feel like it's the kind of weapon that if I was the way I play Blue Mage, if I was a samurai, I feel it's the weapon I would want to have for like fighting things with trust that you're like, you know, going out and soloing random harder mobs and stuff and using like that yeah. third eye counter build kind of thing. That'd be the kind of thing I could see. Like I would have made this weapon because like, oh, I love this job. I mean, if the counters gave like a ton of TP like um, Zanshin procs do, then maybe it could be viable. But as it stands right now, it doesn't have a strong weapon skill attached and it's too defensive when uh, DT gear generally takes care of that anyway. If they just made Tachi Rana better, it would make it more worthwhile. Yeah, I was going to say. If they made if they buffed Tachi Rana, which they probably should, but you know, OP. All they have to have do to. is just increase the FTP. Because it's a good weapon skill. It's a threefold attack. Because another thing is Samurai doesn't get those multi attacks really because it's, you know, uh, you know, oop, I whiffed on Fudo because most of it's Gecko and everything else are all single hits. So Tachiran is nice in being a threefold hit. It's good. Shrink Bond is 50%. But the FTP, it doesn't increase with TP. It increases accuracy, which is, you know, womp womp. But it's only an FTP of one. So it's, you know, it's, it's just a terrible weapon skill because FTP is non existent. Is that how they buff Savage Blade? I believe so. They just that increased the like FTP. Shit to... Yeah. Savage Blade used to have like a really low FTP, I believe. It was like 50 damage, 75 damage from Samurai, 75 cap. Yeah, Savage was really bad back Let's then. go to the history page here on BG. There's in the Savage Blade history tab. And let's go back to. Uh, let's go back to 2011. That's just probably when they probably change it. Let's see though. So while you're reading that, um, oh yeah, here we I go. Think... It was terrible at 100% TP. It was a 1.0 modifier at 200% 1.75, and at 300 it was 3.5. So you know that's 30% strength, 50% mind for Savage oh, yeah. Blade. So imagine 50% strength, and you know nowadays I know the the TP for it is like what 13 at 3,000. 
Yeah, but back in the day, all the uh, a lot of the quest weapon skills were only good at three thousand TP. Yeah, so. but even at three point three, that's 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 terrible. Today, the one thousand TP is four point zero for Savage, then ten point two five at to two thousand. So all they had yeah. to do for Rana when they changed weapon skills was just give it any sort of FTP, just four anything, and it would have at least done damage. I mean, increase the FTP and give it to FTP transfer, perhaps make yeah. that uh, aftermath useful. Just gonna say about the Koga as well. The model, in-game model for it, the bottom half of the blade, probably about thirty-three percent of it, is like a flat blade on top, and then the rest of the blade is sharp on both sides. So it's kind of cool. Well, it does say that it has two edges: one fashioned traditional Eastern style, and the other in that of the West. If you would so, pay attention to the lore funk. Well, I I heard the lore, but I just wanted to emphasize that you heard the lore, but you no didn't one sees listen. this. <laughs> no one sees this in game very much, so. Insert picture of this here from Model Viewer. I'll find it for you later. Oh, do I have to? Uh, should I? Take the timestamp. Oh, boy. Okay. So we have the next weapon there? Yep. Who's reading the Nagi? I'll read the in-game lore of the Nagi. Okay. Oh, let me guess. Is there something in the notes here that... Your cat's meowing. No. Yeah, he's meowing. I don't know what he wants. The cat wants to read the Nagi. Meow, 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 meow. From the epic stage of Great Eastern Battles comes the tale of this dagger, which, before entering into his possession, was once trained on the very heart of Balron, while in the hands of an unknown female ninja. Could be that ninja in the storyline. The story that survives tells us that not nothing more of her than that she was a failed alkalite at a shrine of some notoriety, from which she ascended, no, absconded the ceremonial blade in order to fuel her own twisted drive for power. The katana itself, they say, has its beck and call all the fury and rage of its most unrelenting winds and torrential rains. Uh, that's a very epic description for a very underwhelming weapon. But the, the model, though, is really resemblant of that picture that we were shown. That's one of the coolest weapons, I think, for a one-handed weapon in the game, in my opinion. So, Especially after the real-life connection of it, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, I got to also put that picture because Thaddeus had shared with us before. Let's see if I can find it. I didn't think about it. If the the cat had read this, it would be Miyagi. (laughs) Miyagi. (laughs) Miyagi. Occasionally sleeps two to three times. So you want to read the Loyal Life lore, Eric's? I don't want to, but I'll do it. Yes, you can. I'll read it. Uh, Oh, you can. It's fine. I mean, whatever. I was just pulling up the, the Nagi here from Eric's, not Eric's, fuck you, Vettius. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I, I guess I deserve it. We've, we've been talking for a while. I had to keep finding I didn't think about having it. I, just, I, I knew I had to put the image in the thing. Yoshi P, is this where we were? No, this is back in July. Fuck me. Oh, this is the wrong room. This is in the podcast. I had to find It's linked in the, uh, I put a link right in the Mythic episode part two. Should I just read this while you're doing that? No, Go I'll, ahead. I'll just fuck it. I'll read it right now. So, Nagi is... The name is derived from Nagi-sama, which is a sacred treasure of the Suwa Shrine. These shrines are part of the Shinto religion in Japan. When soliciting a deity, the spirit is transferred to Nagi-sama, and each shrine uses this as a deity. These treasures are still used in modern Japan, uh, in the Onbashira festival, which occurs every six years. Wow. 
Apparently, the Suba Shrine hammers these blades into the four posts that surround the shrine complex every six years. Based on their similarity in shape, I think this is the correct reference. You think? So insert that picture of the blades out of the tree. Yeah, but I, he said something. I like, yeah, I see the link right here. I click it and it's got the blades, but he said something about it. Like, I think I posted it. I think yeah, that's what you just read. I have the picture here. Wasn't I, mean, I think that's what you just read. Oh, oh, you mean that's, oh, okay, okay. So you, those were not your words. Those were, were those were right from him, yeah. Oh, okay. So I was looking like an idiot, yeah. being an idiot for something. You're welcome. Yeah, I thought you, oh, had, yeah. you had the picture posted. Yes, Eric's, you were jonesing to say no. something. No, I was just going to say the thing you wrote about the weapon skill name, but that's already in the notes as well. So go ahead. Blade Kamu is interesting because, oh, this is what Nadia said, because it's the only katana weapon skill that isn't written using kanji, and one of the only two that isn't a single character. It comes from the Manyoshu, a collection of classical poems okay, uh, originally written... It has the the kanji in front of me. I can't. It's, it looks like uh, a forest, some spaghetti, and uh, a line in the sand. The kanji. Yes, the kanji in front of me. It means to revere the dead as gods. Which is probably yeah. the reason it enhances mission Gakura. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you die, you're still a god, and you're basically not weakened when you re-raise. Which is great because they eventually changed the one hour on Ninja to do that without the weapon, which is what's the point now of the weapon? I got re-raised, right? Yeah. Like you re-raised with it? That's I, what it does, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't think it used to do re-raise with it, but... No, it didn't until I changed when oh, you got so that, that was their fix. Wow. Yeah, so now you get up with 100% HP without weakened. Remember when Beastmaster's one hour was going to be, or it's two hours at the time, was going to be absorbing your pet for a re-raise three stone skin and HP bonus effect? Eat your pet? Yeah, eat your pet. That was going to be a thing for a long time, and then they changed it at the last minute. I guess that's what they did for Ninja here. They just gave Ninja that effect, minus anything useful besides re-raise. Pretty sure no beast would ever have used that one hour muscle or two hour. It'd be really clutch. I guess, but losing your pets that usually tanks. Yeah, you. yeah, that's probably why they changes everyone bitched about it. But um, I, I mean, it could catch your pet. Like I think the dragoon one should keep your pet out too. Um, Spirit surge should not eat your pet. I think it should keep it out. I think yeah. it should heal it to full and keep it out because it only lasts like what was it like thirty? It was it was like really short. It was like either a minute or less. I think it's a minute. And that's not a lot of time to do. 25 strength worth of it. We're not going to go on a Dragoon here, but it's a very underwhelming one hour, and I see you should fix that. Yeah, I see needs to fix a lot of things, though. Yeah, I know. They have, they have a big list of things they're not going to do because it didn't involve salvage duping. So, 75 cap, I don't see where this would be useful. I'm sure it did damage, right? Yeah. That, you know, yeah. Like 800 damage? I mean, it wasn't... It was still the best tanking katana back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say it had enmity on it, right? Relic Katana was better for damage. So if you want to compare damage for tanking... It had an MD-10 back then, so that's, you know, that was a big deal for not having to run around on Ninja with um, the, was it, plus eight Emity's Hadesanti? In uh, Ninja slash Dark Knight, uh, could spam stun with the extra enmity would be pretty effective. Was there another Emity offhand for Ninja at 75, or no? I don't think so. Wait, wasn't there a Katana with, like, plus two enmity or something? I think you're right. I'm typing into auction house right now. Yeah, you could use BG's list. Just control I, F. I could, but this will filter out everything. 
Uh, yes. Uh, it was the level 67... Oh, how do you say this? Um, Imatsurugi? Imatsunurugi, yeah. That's what people were using. I don't know if this weapon was a newer one made later, but I don't think people... Oh, this might have been... Did this come from um, Z&M's and everyone went a little nuts for Ninja having it? But what was it? Uh, the Oni... Oni no Hocho. Yep, from noon, Z&M Tier 3, and that was easy to get. Oh, yeah. So until that came out, that everyone was using the uh, Amatsunarugi. But yeah, that would yeah, have been nifty. Yeah, the Nino Hocho is a re- really nice offhand, actually. Yeah, it was, it was cool back in the day. Evasion 4, HP 20, Enmity 2. Yeah, looking at the 75 version of Nagi, it has really nice stats. Like, I mean, magic accuracy plus 10 and Enmity plus 10. Yeah. Great for tanking, great for debuffing. Yeah, back then the magic and, accuracy would have been absolutely massive. And I mean, uh, I don't know, the no weakness uh, Majin Gakuro was probably actually more useful back then because buffs weren't as super powerful or necessary as they are today. So you could probably get up with uh, and still keep fighting without too much issues. You died a lot at 75 compared to today. Like, fights would yeah. go on for a long time and there'd be a lot of death everywhere. So, I mean, this yeah. at 75 would have probably been actually really good. Just people didn't have the weapon then. And I could see it useful yeah. if you di- ninja died then you had to meeting a cur, you could be unweakened right away to hold something. Yeah, that's true. I don't like how people can make a mythic in three days or less now, but I think there should be like hard time waits just to piss people off. And I think nowadays the way that mythic is made and the effort you go through, because it still takes a lot of time to go farm your tokens. You guys look at the, the one hour lockout, I think is good for uh Ian I think like those things just, if, you know, if that's how it was back then to some extent, like you, you would have had to have more grouping involved, but the way it feels today should have felt more like that in my opinion at 75 because these weapons they were really good but they weren't like game shattering because everyone has one today they're not game shattering so i think honestly not that this i mean this is, this is a mythic lore episode but of course it's gonna have lots of random nostalgia and my opinions on the game that you know they're just my opinions i think they should have been easier to get because you know having ninja validated more at 75 instead of just kiting sub dark knight running around with Hades sainty like standing up to a mob and doing more ninja-y things. Because uh, ninja was used a lot, but it wasn't like the praises of ninja were not like everyone like, oh, ninja's amazing and stuff. They're just like, yeah, bring a ninja to kite because it has shadows. And like people didn't take ninja, in my opinion. As, that's just my take on it as seriously as they might even today. So it would be nice to have those those tools that change jobs and change the way you do things back then like we do today. I mean, we used uh, Dendo Tank pretty often in our ZNM shell back in the day. And especially on stuff like Tinnin with the uh, Curse, it was quite useful. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't in the state where even today people kind of don't think of it as well as they did. They just used it, but it wasn't, it was a bit one dimensional. Mm, I don't know if the ninjas back then felt that way, but. Well, they probably didn't, but in retrospect, the way everyone just still looks at Ninja in that 75 lens of, oh, it just tanks when it, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean. People didn't really appreciate it. All it could do was, and it wasn't really intended to be a tank originally. It was more of a utility DD. But you know how people are in the game. I was trying to just go for the cookie cutter setups. Yeah, I mean, there were ninjas everywhere. If you were fighting Charybdis, people wanted a ninja. And that would just be like, every time there's an NM involved, like, I'll bring a ninja because it can evade and it can use shadows. But... It could be just because white mages couldn't keep up back then, too. Yes, that was that yeah. was also a big draw of ninjas. White mages didn't have the MP. But as far as your comment about making mythics easier to obtain, uh, I 
the the requirements were pretty uh, harsh, steep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but if if you actually had a mythic back then, you were definitely the talk of the entire server. Yeah, but should, any, should anything take years to make? According to Square Enix, yes. Yeah, but you want your your subscription. I mean, yeah, that's true, and it's good to make things in the game that people feel. You know, oh, the game's gonna be around long enough that I can spend the years to make this. But at the same time, it's a bit excessive. I mean, it's a lot of time and effort to put into something like that and not get to enjoy it for that time. I mean, there's only so much you can enjoy questing and doing this. Like, maybe times where it's somewhat enjoyable, but there's only so much of this repetition that you can enjoy without having the actual weapon. So, how is Blade Camo? Ah, <sighs> I don't really hear about it at all. Yeah, you don't hear about it. It's nowadays. It's very bad. And back then, it was probably okay Not it's another okay. another case of one ftp yeah and the but effect this... is lowers the target's accuracy so <laughs> that was great for evasion tanking back then but nowadays uh i don't think anybody did it except to trigger the aftermath but it has the nagi has enemy plus 40 on it that's crazy yeah and, and the accuracy down effect on bg it says is supposedly accuracy minus 10 <laughs> wow but at least kamu for how i mean if they just increased the ftp it would be a very good weapon skill because it does get a uh a 3.0 attack modifier to it which is super big for it to, as far as attack modifiers go so if there is a, a decent ftp on this weapon skill it would be a really good attack starved weapon skill but once again let's see and they're balancing it's also a weird the... modifier of 60 shrink 60 int the int's a bit odd yeah, I mean, katanas in general need a bit of a rework uh, to compete with uh, Nagling and Savage Blade. Yeah, I think Nagling in general is a mistake, the way it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because Savage Blade was already powerful before that, and I think I think it's just a mistake. Yeah, it was already pretty decent with the Patazon Separa plus one, and uh, Nagling just kind of... Well, Nagling's another 10% on top of it, so it's like, come on. yeah. It, I mean, now everybody's using Savage for pretty much everything. So. Which is a bit annoying. It, it it broke job identities. It's like 100 weapon skills in this game, and everyone wants one of them. Let's hope the upcoming job adjustments update will shake up the meta a little bit, but we'll have to see about that. I mean, I don't know, because if you're a ninja, do you really want to... I mean, it doesn't matter. Like In Fox's mind, he'd be like, I don't care, I want to use what's effective. But in my mind, if I'm playing a ninja, I want to use ninja things. I, I don't want to be like, oh... I got on Ninja so I could spam Savage Blade, and that's it. I mean, of course, you know, we've talked about in the past with the Ninja episode that using Blade 10 and stuff, which is what, if this weapon skill is better, if I pull up Blade 10, if this weapon skill is better, it would probably replace 10. But uh, just, you know, wanting to use those kinds of things. Like, if I got on Thief and only spam Savage Blade, I'd kind of want to use Dagger weapon skills. That's why I'm on Thief. I mean, partly is to play the job, but also... If part of the job is to expect to do things the job does, you know. Yeah, especially since uh, Ninja is the only job ac uh, that can actually use katanas effectively. Yeah, it was nice. It's nice to have these other things like Ninja's hand to hand and Dancer has hand to hand and stuff like that. It's nice to have those things that like very niche situations to fall back on, like Samurai using a polearm. You want Dragoon to be the polearm job, but also it's cool to be able on Samurai to pull out a polearm situationally and use that. But if all you did on especially. yeah, if all you did on samurai was use a polearm, not that it doesn't fit samurai and like lore and using you know polearm weapons, but that's not what samurai does. And you'd be like you know you don't want to be forced from taking a niche item and making it your only 
utility. I mean, historically, samurais used uh, pole arms a lot, didn't they? Yeah. Even more than katana. Yeah, because katanas were something that, I, I mean, this would be a various moment here. And I don't know if we could get them, I doubt it. But uh, katanas are something that, you know, were passed down through families and were forged and were very special, you know, artistic works that took a lot of time and money and resources and uh, peasants and stuff just conscripted into the army. You're getting a pole arm. You're not getting this fine master, you know, craftsman work here of, of uh, this beautiful katana that will last through the ages. I mean, they, I think they had shorter swords back then as, as sort of sidearms and uh, um, spears were their main weaponry in war, at least. Well, they're very useful, and, especially when you have cavalry and stuff, or just to be out of reach of the other person and to have less training required. Yeah. But if you were just like um, patrolling the city or something as a guard, then you wouldn't really use a poem. You would uh, have to use a shorter weapon just because of... Uh, close quarters. Yeah, close quarters. It's called the Naginata, by the way, the polearms. So, next weapon. Next, we have the polearm. Speaking of which... Oh, should we get Martel? It's Runohige again. Oh, I could cover this one, though. You can cover this one. Um, so, I guess I'll read this one, too, because, you know, Dragoon, whatever. Uh, Gungnir was Odin's spear. Oh, wait, no. This is... I gotta read the lore first. My bad. I was already reading the real-life lore. Uh, Runohige. Runohige is the notorious polearm obtained by Balrun as an end result of his hundreds of battles with beastmen generals in the eastern theater of war. Forged in the image of the imposing beards of the formidable eastern verms, the undulating uh, spearhead is said to harbor the powers of tumbling thunderclouds. That does look pretty cool. How did we go from that to Gangnir? Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to read that right now. Uh, Gungnir was Odin spear. Uh, Rongomiant is another name for Rongominayad. Fuck me. A spear wielded by King Arthur. Uh, Gabolg is the spear slash lance wielded by, uh, Kukulain. And in Irish slash Celtic myth, Runohige has no basis in mythology. <laughs> the name just translates to <laughs> dragon's beard or dragon's whisker. Uh, that was like a bait switch. I yeah, I I you know. So much lore for these and nothing for this. Look at this and this and Celtic and Irish and nothing. <laughs> Trans- Enjoy your shitty weapon. Translates to Dragon's Whisker and is a classic spear from the Final Fantasy series. In some games it appears as a whip. Did you bring cool whip. the whip? So I guess I'll read the seventy five thing here while I'm at it. At level 75, the augmented jumps and the aftermath effect affecting both you and your wyvern is made of pure awesomeness. Imagine having a damage 91 two-handed weapon activating like a Joyuse. Meanwhile, your worm is doing the exact same with enhanced accuracy and attack, which means your total DOT will skyrocket over the roof. On top of that, you will be spamming one of the top mythic weapon skills at the time to keep the aftermath effect on. Today, Spicy can comment. So do you think that was true for 75 cap? Oh, yes. Rinohige throughout the ages from its inception into 99 Void Watch, 99 non-Void Watch, Abyssia, especially in Abyssia because it's a crit weapon skill. Just everything through the history of this weapon until eye level happened was this is... And some people have the opinion that it's the greatest and other people would say this is one of the very best. And they'd argue like... Uh, people I think would say like Ragnarok. Or like, it depends on the area you're in, would argue 
oh, this is also really good. You know, uh, Ukon Savura or Verithragna at different points in the game. Uh, people would argue about uh, who does more in the final uh, fight against what's-his-name in um, Void Watch, the big dragon guy the very end watcher yeah promi watcher people would argue like who does more against promi watcher but of course it's a dragon mob so you'd bring the dragoon fuck your weapons but uh yeah it was always quite amazing the problem is always the attack penalty and being a crit weapon skill of course uh can there's you know because at at crit weapon skills were all the rage cdc and 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 drake's bane and then you had legion come out and those mobs had besides the uh level correction being absolutely kneecapping you had them having intense crit defense bonus they added to the game uh for those mobs to this day if you go and fight them with crit weapon skills they have a big crit defense bonus on them i don't know how big it is but it was at the time your crit weapon skills were doing dog shit so noticeably you go in there and it'd be very sad that's like it's lore but then when 119 came out um, and, you know, the weapons got forgotten about and then as they got improved, it just, it didn't keep up with things like, because Drake's Bane just doesn't hold a candle to, I mean, I can't say that as a, as a blanket statement, but in, compared to Star Diver, Star Diver is a better weapon skill and for its potential. Drake's Bane is only really good for skill chaining slash the weapon skill being attached to the mythic giving it the boost and using it to obtain aftermath. I mean, it's very good otherwise, but it needs that attack penalty to go away so it can compete uh, otherwise because that's one of the big reasons why you really... And for modern... So we'll get to the point of the, today's modern weapons. It's in the Dragoon Guide and everything. I think I have it covered very sufficiently. But the, the, the quick and dirty on it is based on how well crit gear and PDL gear has come out into the game... Uh, Runo Hige has come back up as the potential best weapon, but then again, the same applies for uh, um, Shining One. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to make the weapon that Shining One has the same benefit applying to. Like if you can whip out 70 plus K uh, weapons goes with Shining One using Impulse Drive, then why would you make the mythic yeah. to compete with that because it's not going to be it's it's already competitive in general uh it's not going to be better when you're attack starved because the weapon skill is already a, a big attack penalty on it what is it, like 40 percent or something like that? i mean martel would know right off the top of his head because martel knows those things but star diver uh, why am i typing star diver and fuck me uh, <laughs> drake's fame it's also not not a bad looking weapon skill either but let's see, attack modifier, you have a negative 19% essentially, 18.75, or 18.75, because I'm looking at a decimal and I'm getting confused. So an 18.75% penalty bonus, or penalty uh, penalty against the weapon skill, if I can catch myself here, I'm thinking too fast. And that really hurts it. Same with resolution, having the same sort of penalty against it. But with the crit damage and PDL... Uh, gear. If you're fully buffed out with an R15 uh, Runahige and stuff, you can do some of the very top DPS with Dragoon, exceeding Trishula, clearly. Um, you know, keeping skill chains out of it, you know, because not going to speak too broadly, but it'll have the, the best DPS potential. But it takes a lot of effort, a lot of work, and I've not felt a reason to make that weapon over Shining One uh, slash Trishula. 
I mean, if you're really dedicated to Dragoon, you could do it. I feel I am, but I just haven't felt enough of a reason. I think as time goes on, there may be a bigger gap in favor of um, Drake's Bean, because Stardiver also benefits from PDL gear as well. So it's the extra crick gear with PDL, like Gluttys and stuff that's come out that really, on top of the plus two neck for Dragoon, everything else that's come out that suits the weapon skill, it's not always going to be that way too. So it's making a weapon that still kind of feels in the moment again. I, and it's, I mean, there's no sense in not making it if you love Dragoon, but it's very good. It's just too good in too few ways to me to be special for my person. What you said really applies to a lot of mythic weapons that only people dedicated to their job should really make their mythic because they either have niche uses or are more of a trophy for the job. And the the way mythics evolved from semi fat cap just is incredible for some like the Karn going from 10% to 50% song duration. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, some mythics are really exceptional and others are just fun to have. Others are Kogarasura. Yeah, he summed up pretty good. I wouldn't add much to add to that. Yeah, Drake's I mean, Bane's pretty good then. Uh, Drake's Bane is good if you're attack capped because of the penalty on it, and okay, you know it can crit, so it's nice. And crits have higher uh, FTP potential, so it, it, the bonus from the weapon skill itself, um, on the weapon itself, is what pushes that beyond that. Without without that bonus from the weapon then, you know, it's not worth using outside of skill chaining on a Dragoon. Or if you're in Abyssia, I guess. But that's just how that is for that weapon. So it's not like the other weapons we've covered where it's like, oh, if only this was better. Like, it's already there. It just needs that attack penalty taken off. So it has a little more justification. But then even then, there would be an argument based on, oh, Trishula can skill chain a lot and it's going to do better than this. But... Uh, there's one guy in Asura that runs around. I can't remember his name. He's an elven. He's been running around with Runohige forever. And I think he's just finally happy. He was using it when it wasn't the best weapon, just taking it to Ambuscade, even though he knew he wasn't going to win the par, stuff like that. And he still runs around it today, but at least it's can be very good today. So I think his name was like Darian. Darakus. Sorry, like Darisius. Darisius. Whatever the... It's that... Someone's going to hear that and know who I'm talking about, and they'll... Say hey, you were mentioned yeah. on the podcast, like you know, Brahms was. So that's why I'm that's why I'm guessing these names, so someone can do that. All right, should we move on? I think so. Yes, I don't want to touch the next one. Nirvana. Yes. Your favorite weapon. Yes. The weapon that well, ruins summoners. I'll read it, but I don't have one, so I can't really comment on it later. Me either. Which um, is an exaggeration, by the way. I didn't ruin summoners. It's just people ruin the weapon for summoner. Yeah. Players are the worst. You can do the in-game lyrics, I'll do the real-life stuff. Alright. Nirvana, a powerful staff imbued with a state of Gnostic enlightenment that its, that its name implies. Once the sacred relic of the Valara Temple, it was stolen by Balron to combat the twisted thaumaturgy of the denizens of the evil realms. After bonding to Balron and making his will its own, it was no longer able to be returned, and remained in his possession. The exact, exact circumstances of this, of this phenomenon are not altogether clear and shrouded in esoteric mystery. Also, oh. he basically stole shit and tainted it and then didn't give it back. So, nice. yeah, I mean, so so far we've seen Balrin mention here is like he got this weapon 
from defeating all the beastmen in one theater of war or another like you know all these things are like he's the best he's the strongest therefore these are him this one's just he flat out stole this thing like <laughs> he wasn't gifted it he, he didn't make it he didn't like you know conquer someone he's just like ah oh, give me this shit so this is like the equivalent of mr steel your girl coming up and taking your girl on a camping trip and afterwards she's going to explain to you why you're no longer together and she can't go back to you and has to stay with this guy now for the card one, well, he took it from bards because bards don't need bakers to sing as well. <laughs> we'll get to that one. Yeah, so basically, Balron did the equivalent of marching into a church, uh, taking one of the statues and just smashing people with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, occasionally two, two to three times he smashed you with it. Jesus saves. So the real life for Nirvana. A Sanskrit word for Nir plus Vana, and the literal translation is blown out. This is referencing to blowing out a fire, not what Spicy was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking blow out of proportion. I was not okay. thinking about that camping trip of Mr. Studio Girl in the woods taking the staff. All, all Indian religions assert it to being a state of perfect quietude, freedom, highest happiness, as well as the liberation from attachment and the worldly suffering and the ending of samsara, the round of existence. So at level 75... Bahamut staff was a big dig deal and it was a a fight that's been mentioned in the past here on this podcast probably by me mostly saying about how that fight needs to come back and how Did we just talk about the last time? Yeah, I believe so. I just, you know, I think it's been mentioned even before that as well, so it really should though cuz uh, we don't have any high level Bahamut fights. Shimryu is a good move in the right direction although nothing fucking drops what is it with that the accessories everyone's got them we we fight them a couple times after we do our farms multiple times a week nothing not a single piece of armor is dropped with th of course on vd it just sucks doesn't drop because you have the accessories you don't, you just yeah don't but anything. only dropping accessories that's crazy i don't know if you've got anything yet but we've done no dozens makes you wonder if there is a mechanic we're missing but people have tried everything so far yeah. Uh, 75 is situationally more useful than Bahamut's staff. Ignoring aftermath effects in melee situations, the staff is better for idling and for landing magic attack packs. That's it. With meleeing or item Shiki, it may be better for landing physical attacks. Which means Shikigami rogue. Yeah, and I think throughout, it wasn't until later on again, where we're going to imagine with Esha, this would be something fraud or someone could comment on very well, but they're not here. Um that it wasn't until more recently where the aftermath like the way the blood packs have been powered up from gear and buffs and everything and debuffs and geomancer and stuff which you didn't have back then you didn't have all the defense down stuff you could apply so applying the extra i don't know if they also did they change blood packs when they changed weapon skills i don't think they did but did they ever change blood pack potency at any point i don't think so but it's possible I don't think, I don't know, I, I'm just guessing, but it wasn't as big of a deal to have that aftermath, especially because back in the day it didn't last long like it does today, so the the longer lasting aftermath and the, the, the power creep in this game has made it, you know, powerful for uh, blood packs to do more damage. You still wouldn't use it for magical today, so. Oh yeah, just physical? Yeah. Garland of Bliss, though, I'm not, I don't have no idea about that. Lord Targus Defense. Uh, what is it compared to... Um... The other staff, one down, the armor shatterer, whatever it is. That's, that's Puppet, obviously, but... Shell Crusher? Shell Crusher, yeah. Oh god, Puppet, insert here. I mean, Shell Crusher has more potency, and I think it lasts longer. Shell, yeah, if it, yeah, Shell Crusher is minus 25. I think 
um, Garland Bless is 12.5, which is stupid. Yeah. But, I mean, if you don't if you don't have anybody yeah, to do Shell Crusher... Wouldn't full break? Why, good, why would you not have someone to do Shell Crusher? It's a staff weapon skill. I mean, if you, if you have, like, um, all the summoners using their TP on Garland to proc Aftermath, then you wouldn't necessarily have the extra TP for Shell Crusher. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But it's it's not ideal, obviously. It's FTP is 2.25, and, you know, it's not even 100% mod like the uh, other weapon skills have been that are magic. mind. Yeah. And some strength, which is not Summoner's Forte. I think uh, it can do some decent damage, though. It's probably one of the stronger staff weapon skills, especially since uh, Summoner has a ton of magic attack bonus gear. Yeah, I'm sure it can, but it's just another job that you don't think of as being... Well, in Fox's words, the summoner actually gets pretty good TP gear, especially compared to, like, White Mage or other jobs, because uh, it gets the uh, the Talia gear. It gets, like, 6% triple attack body that, that Bard and White Mage and Black Mage don't get. So summoner gets better gear, but I don't imagine by too much. But still, it's not like a job that you'd picture. I think SC always pictured summoner as, like, fighting on the front line with his pet like a beastmaster except why would you is the lowest hp job in the game i think with with the I mean, weakest armor i mean with the introduction of jail gear i think uh papess is going to do something interesting with it eventually yeah i'm sure eventually get to that point but it's never going to be like ooh, wow this is amazing it's just you know because summoner is mostly based on its pet it's not like beastmaster is strong without his pet yeah, but I mean, it, it uh, doesn't skill chain with um, effort or something. Uh, yeah, it is actually, I'm sure, without even looking at staff properties, knowing it's a fusion weapon skill, which is probably the Wait, best so part about it. Yeah, so it's, it skill chains with star and remove. Yeah, so. it's it's the only fusion weapon skill you get on staff in the game. So that's another thing, too, is that we've seen throughout these episodes of Relics and Mythics, is a lot of these things are only attached to good weapon skills, or uh, unique properties is the only property for them on not good weapon skills. Yeah, like a torment. All the staves are like that, though, because later with Omni Science, um, it's gravitation, which is well, Shatter Soul has gravitation, retribution as well. Right. Maybe a bad example, but uh, Transfiction on Vito Hirnir for staff later with Levitain is the only frag one for staff. Not that staff gets anything good in general, but and just to compare, um, Bahamut staff stats at seventy five, they're pretty bad. Yeah, Damage but there is 55. nothing. There, yeah, there's nothing, but it just to be this is a laughable for what you have now. Damage fifty five, MP plus thirty, summoning magic skill plus five, avatar penetration cost minus three. That's it. And that lasted until eye level gear. It wasn't until Delve came out that Bahamut got replaced. That lasted for years. It was ridiculous how long it lasted into ninety nine. I mean, before Bissia, I think having Bahamuts or Nirvana was nice to free up your inventory from the elemental staves. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Didn't exist for a long time. Yeah, and um, the skill on it was nice. Um, even though it was only like what five. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because siphon needs the skill, so that's extra, you know, a couple MP. But um, the only way to replace that was to, on summoner, do all of the trial of the magi and weapons to get all of your inventory taken up again by those staves, and take forever doing that. So you can get the. How the, much did the HQ stats give? Because you had the all in one. So last until the all in one came out, basically. Let's see. Um, let me pull up Trial Tutorial? Wait, there wasn't an all-in-one Magian Steve. Oh, not Magian yeah. staff. I was thinking of uh, the HQ staffs. Oh, oh, the um, that's minus three, but it didn't have the skill. 
Oh, yeah. Nirvana was uh, minus four and the HQ saves are minus three. So that was an upgrade in addition to saving inventory. Yeah. Uh, perpetuation cost minus. The fuck is it? Affinity recast. Where is it? Uh, perp minus seven and blood pack delay minus 12, which was huge back then. Yeah, dang. So, should we move on? Do we cover Nirvana? I guess. I mean, it's the thing that everyone makes today, not knowing why they need it, because the, <laughs> the multi hit is super powerful for avatars to blow shit out of the water when you're astral flow condo winning. I've noticed yeah, people even... with power creep, people use summoners a lot less now. Yes, if like Zerd. it's not as required. It's it's really nice for Zerd though, in, in several ways. Not only can you kill Zerd with the flaming crush, but the stun from remove is really fast and really effective at uh, keeping it under lock. When you're spamming it, yeah. Which is partly why it's pretty funny. SE's taunting us as they like to, or teasing us. Better, probably the better word. They're not taunting us. With the ambuscade this month, uh, it always goes out Rama first, and it uses conduit volt strike spam, which is. I think there's no proof, obviously, but I think it's a clear homage to us in this uh, Nirvana yeah, burning. Yeah. Which to me also reiterates we're not going to change how this works. And they haven't had to because in the past, big proponent of them, myself, changing that. I'm like, this is ridiculous. The game's not supposed to be this. Everyone shouldn't be sh- only killing stuff with summoners. This is fucking ridiculous. But now we're moving away because power creep has... Once again, invalidated Summoner, so SE's fix was, don't worry, guys, Summoner's going to fall behind again like it always does. Don't worry, we got this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice they didn't hard nerf it, but uh, they've soft nerfed it everywhere. Yeah, they, they gave it the Blue Mage treatment. Like, they don't even yeah. have anything good from Odyssey, do they? Uh, I think they had a few things, but nothing spectacular. Well, the they have the Satchel thing, but that's about it, right? Pretty much. Yeah, nothing nothing like Nyama in any case. I mean, unless you do path... Nayame is underwhelming for them, too, yeah. But all pet jobs got screwed uh, there. Yeah, kind of. But uh, if they if they kind of improve the utility slash buffing aspect of Summoner, I think it, people would be fine moving away from the Summoner Zerging thing. They got that satchel. That was very nice, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. The Avatar base stats, plus 5, Mac and Act 20, and uh, we'll pack play delay 2, minus 5. Like, it was like... Fairly above the other satchel you got, but it's just a little tiny improvement. Well, just wait until that guy on Reddit asks about the best satchel. Oh, God. He's talking about prior chemistry again. <laughs> ah, fucking guy. Pretty sure it's him. The guy we referenced at the very start of this for his terrible, terrible, help me figure out this mystery. Why can't I buy my advancement item for assaults? It's very confusing. I couldn't find the Warhorse Hoofprint. Help me out. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> next. next we have the Tizona. The banana. Um, oh boy, banana sword. What? There must be a meme on on BG or something for this banana sword. I don't think there is. There should be. I feel like, given the Spanish, um, that Eric would probably be the best person to read the Spanish of the real life uh, lore here. I don't know though. Wait. No, nope. no. Is that gonna? I'll, I'll let it be me then. I'll have to put on my Ricky Ricardo face. I get it. Uh, Tizona is one of the coolest looking mythics, though. It is one of the longest standing mythics that has not changed in how great it is based on MP being important. Well, it is one of the yellowest mythics in Remos. True that. I can read the uh, in-game lore. If you want, I closed it for fucking Nirvana and I had to get it back up again. <laughs> okay. That's why I haven't started reading it. Tizona, the sword wielded by Balaran in his younger days, 
While on his travels, it was stripped of him after suffering only the defeat of his life at the hands of a certain mercenary. He, he later rose up anew, mustering the bravery to again challenge his newfound rival, this time achieving victory and reclaiming the blade. Afterwards, the mercenary and Balaran came to share a lasting friendship until the end of their days. Wow, that's that's just a very sweet story based on all the ones we've heard so far. Yeah. He just stole and tainted a weapon, but this one's just going to be friends until the end. But he wielded it in his younger days, but how did he get it? No one will know. Well, you know. I stole it. He uh, had the sweet talk. So is this where I mentioned that I have a tattoo of Tazona? You do? <laughs> yes. Are you going to show it in the video right here? No, I am not showing, because Carrot makes me feel bad that I have it. Is it on your ass or something? No, it's on my arm. Okay. She she makes fun of me for having it, says it's horrible, and never get another one, and hates it. And I'm like, it's I'm fine with it. It's not as it's not as flashy and extravagant, you know. It's not kitsched, but it's you know, it's I, I'm fine with it. I'm happy with it. I, it could be better, of course. But if I thought about how everything in my life could be better, then I'd be very sad. So does it like grow when you flex your arm? No, it's it's. What do you think I have? Fucking Popeye arms. <laughs> Maybe. Carrot looks and at my tattoo know. and goes, ah, good, 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 good. In my world, all my, in her world, all my tattoos are horrible. Um, so, <laughs> the name, uh, this is Ona, the name of one of the swords carried by Rodrigo Diaz de Vivar El Cid, according to the Cantar de Mio Cid. The name of the second sword of El Cid is Colada. It it is a coincidence the Colada was great for dual wielding on blue Oh, is it a coincidence? Um it I mean it wasn't that it was great, it was just the better of your options compared to, you know, unless you made an all mace to offhand you use Colada. So I guess I guess you could say it's great. But not good enough, right? Unfortunately, great will find its way into the dustbin of history because um ambuscade weapons exist. Why are you wasting time? I mean you can make a a better weapon, um, you know, offhand for CDC spam, but why, you know, that's not, you already have uh, niggling, what are you doing? So, uh, the real sword is on display in the Army Museum of Madrid. Uh, the older form of the name, Tizon, is a word for firebrand. Lenol encendido from Latin titonum Sebastian de Covarubias Covarubias in sixteen eleven, pardon my French, recognizes this as a plausible origin of the name of Tazona, but also adduces possible derivation from I can't what is with that one. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is that a, that's not even in, in normal Roman characters. Um the name of the lance of Severus Alexander, or from Fortuna. I I, I don't. I'll Let's have go to. Fortuna. I'll have to make a note so I can put those. Uh, what I'm trying to look at. It looks like a pair of boobs and a W here. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what uh, literature language that comes I from. I do not know either. I will have to put a timestamp here and put it in the video. Which is becoming a theme of me spending extra time on these videos. Why the, which is why the YouTube videos have not been coming out as rapidly. because I had to stop and record times. And I had to look for certain things and insert things. And that takes me time to do when I don't sit down and do it in one sitting. So It's worth it this time, though. Yes, uh, the boobs W. 
Boobs and bananas. Great jugs, Tazona. Great jugs. Uh, level 75. Wait, you skipped oh, the paragraph. Oh, sorry, sorry. According to the Cantar de Mio Cid, El Cid won the sword from its previous owner, King Yusuf. <laughs> not very Spanish. <laughs> King Yusuf in Valencia. Of course, that's not Spain. Afterwards, it was given by El Cid to his son-in-law. I couldn't have loved it that much. Uh, the Infantes de Carion, but eventually returned into the possession of El Cid. Oh, a taker backer. In the poem, Tazona's power depends on the wielder, and it frightens unworthy opponents. That's like El Cid's teeth. <laughs> um, so I know basically exactly what El Cid gave to us in uh, the bar. Yeah, I know of the reference of the teeth, but you'll have to explain the story of the teeth to me if you could, Eric. Do you know, or is it? I mean, I was referencing El Cid from Bastok. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Okay, so that is what you were going with. I was confused. I knew there was many teeth stories in history. I, I assumed you were. I thought I'd I heard it before. Confusing is my favorite pastime. So El Cid's teeth and yeah. Oh boy. So yeah, seventy-five. It was good. It's always been good. It'll never not be good because unlike the other gimmicks of weapons, you always need MP on blue because you do things like cure. Or cast Mighty Guard, which takes a lot of MP, or Occultation takes a lot of MP, and more cures like White Wind you will always need to Zona. Even if it didn't back, do great damage. Back at 75 cap, you could actually use your physical damage spells for to great effect. Oh, yeah. So having extra MP was quite nice. And part of that for a long time, until into the 99 era, into the start of the 119 era before Power Creep made physical damage much weaker compared to weapon skill damage. It used to be very good, actually, in terms of how good Blue was. It was limited by its MP, which is why Tizona used to be even better. Um, if you were, you know, because your TP game was a bit different then, if you were close to 3,000 but still had, like, 15 seconds left on your Aftermath, you could just spam Blue Magic for that time frame to close the gap before you reapplied Aftermath. So it made for a useful combination of the job synergizing to the weapon very nicely. And you still can at times. I, I mean, I'll do that at times. But it's not like I focus on that. It's more still you, Blue Magic is to finish something or to make a skill chain if I need it for some reason. Would be nice if uh, Scrings brought back physical Blue Magic spells for I mean, uh, one entity damage. I've been using Almace in um, Odyssey, and if I'm fighting a bird, I'll use Chain Affinity Eflux or something, and I'll do a CDC, and I'll do like a 20-something K Sinker Drill for you know more damage on Dark because of the skill chain bonus, and that's... That's very nice. That's still useful, but only on that one ability then, which should get a little better when they release MP plus three, because the pants will get yeah. better and the head will get better. Would be nice though if the spells spells actually did decent damage outside of Chain Affinity, and Chain Affinity just made them a little bit stronger, but also made them skill chain. Depending on the floor and your buffs, um, and depending on how much strength you can cram into your set, I uh, get like six, seven k synchro drills to like a bird or something. So if you're gonna finish off a mob with that last bit there, it's still very useful to do that. But yeah, in general, the the spell like you don't spam heavy strike because it's MP efficient anymore. It used to be cool to use for a few thousand damage because it was like not a DPS loss to spam it. But yeah, nowadays now. And if it if the best spells in geared for did like I don't know thirty k and with chain of infinity maybe fifty k would be very competitive, and you wouldn't really have to worry about. Like giving up your TPing phase just to cast spells. 
because he would still be doing efficient damage. Yeah, the problem too is taking all that extra MP, uh, TP and MP your TP out. So being able to also just not lose your TP and skill chain because the only way you get fusion on blue is from like thrashing assault or something. So having fusion to close a light skill chain or open one actually, better said, without losing your TP would be super cool if Chain Affinity just used your TP at the moment as a bonus and didn't take it all. Would actually be a not broken way to boost blue. Chain Affinity was actually never mind. That would be too much like Azure lore, I guess. If they changed it, like that's Savage another Rain. one. That's I mean, they changed it many moons ago after it being even worse many moons before that. So many moons, uh, because they added skill chain properties to it. So you can like you know if you you know how to use a Sir lore properly. If it's thirty seconds, what forty with gear, um. It's nice for using Sinker Drill to, you know, open up for darkness, you know, that kind of thing, and close it with CDC or something. It's really nice to do that, but it's still a weak kind of thing. Given how pups is, it should be three minutes. Cool, I agree. So, uh, very good. I was going to say, at 75, or at uh, 119.3, it has, what, 30% proc for the MP recovery? Yeah, which uh, works on Undead, right? So it's nice to be able to get MP on Undead. It's your damage, so it's not like you're not draining MP or anything. Which would, if you were draining MP, it'd be like really cool, but it would instantly make the weapon far less appealing. How's um expiation? Oh, it's very good with the weapon. My problem is I don't use it in Odyssey because I'm running around too much to not use aftermath. So, and I'm changing weapons to clubs for skeletons and crabs and shit like that. So I need to not have Aftermath. Otherwise, it's very nice. If you're fully buffed out and everything and don't get that extra attack bonus from Nagling, then it's, you know, if you're using the TP bonus offhand, then it's going to be your best thing to spam if you're in a situation where you're not skill chaining. That's another thing where it would be nice that, uh, if Blumage spells did uh, respectable damage. Like not having to switch between away from your source and just being able to use a blunt damage. Uh, spell to deal with skeletons and stuff like that. I'd be happier if the spells cost more MP and it did more damage. I mean, anything to balance it uh, and be useful at least would be nice because nowadays blue mages mostly just use buff spells and nuking spells, but the physical ones are just used for traits. Be also super happy if they increase the potency of debuffs on blue mage and buffs. Oh yeah, definitely. Or just duration. Like uh, in, in Odyssey, I'll use diffusion uh, nature's meditation on uh, like a, f- a higher floor fetter or a higher floor NM, um, just to make sure we're getting to attack cap. If you know, or we wouldn't be if my defense down doesn't land. Uh, you know, because we saved soul voice for the last half of the run. Um, that's nice to do, but it only lasts like a minute base or a minute and a half base, so you're not getting too long out of it for a ten minute AOE, and it's only an extra berserk, which isn't really ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like. Blue Mage deserves uh, the Red Mage treatment to kind of undo the soft nerf they've gotten ever since Omen. It was a very bad soft nerf. It was the worst soft nerf that I can think of for a job in terms of everyone complaining about something that wasn't overpowered compared to complaints about Astral Conduit and validating all content people were struggling with at the time. Uh, Blue Mage didn't, so it was ridiculous the treatment that Blue Mage got. And to some extent, Rune's getting a cold shoulder too. Uh, oh, but yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous the way that Blue Mage suddenly got kicked off all the gear when it was in a good space. It wasn't the strongest job. It wasn't broken, in my opinion. Mighty Guard is super nice, but it's not game-changing. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. And everyone kind of acted like it was the, the, the you know, 
the worst thing under the sun since, you know, the Anschluss or something. I don't know what we're going to say here. <laughs> okay. I know all but, yeah. the 14 junkies who come over love playing Blue Mage. It's so much different in 11. I love playing Blue, Blue Mage. Mage one. Yeah, it's one of the most satisfying jobs to play, really, next to Puppet Master. Yeah. I know that I uh, don't give enough attention to my party when we're doing Odyssey because I want to force the uh, you know, the scholar to pay more attention than they should probably have to. Uh, but, you know, I just, I'm focusing on doing my job, which is to get us through this, not to, you know, babysit people. But it's nice to back up here. In any case, one of the biggest improvements uh, Blue Mage deserves would be uh, um, the extension of the buff duration timers. Yeah, the warm-up especially. Warm-up gives you fucking bullshit, like 10 accuracy, 10 evasion. So buffing That's that, really which we talked about in the Blue Mage episode, but just making it last. Because they, they did improve the duration, they made it three minutes. It used to be like a minute or a minute and a half or something. They made it three minutes, I believe. So they made a lot of spells at one point, uh, increased duration. Plasma charge became like 13 minutes, which you don't use it anyway because it's just shock spikes. But uh, reactor cool, which is actually useful because it's defense bonus and ice spikes in one lasts like three minutes now instead of it used to last like a minute. So they, they did that for other spells. I don't know why they ignored certain ones. And nature mentation used to be a minute. They buffed to a minute 30, I believe, back in the Delve days. But this isn't a secret Blue Mage episode. Um, so the power of Tizona is the MP. And before they buffed Almace, it was the best for CDC spamming with itself and skill chaining. But Almace is better for that now. And, uh, you know, the MP and expiation is nice if you're offhanding TP bonus to do lots of damage. Yeah, if the stars align, then expiation is competitive, competitive with Savage Blade. But you don't really have to be able to actually use most of the aftermath can't really be in a situation where you switch weapons like an odyssey t-zona has this um stigma of being like ridiculously op game changing for blue i've seen a lot of newer blue mages posting an auction house about i'm working on t-zona it's gonna be so awesome i'm gonna do so much damage that kind of stupid stuff where that was a stigma before nagling existed i believe that's been carrying over and it's not it was never like we're talking like wave three era is when that was super prominent uh, with divergence and it was good but it wasn't like uh, you know you're not doing cap damage like laden salute or something you know you're just doing high damage it wasn't like the best damage it was just high damage higher than other people but it wasn't like you know you're, you're not shattering the ceiling here compared to other dd jobs and your white damage is less too so it's not like it's not, it's not as powerful as i get a lot of people like walking around thinking it's like the strongest thing ever and it's really not it's it's very good. It's just not earth-shattering strength here. It's really just powerful and not very powerful. Yeah, it let Blue Mages kind of compete with heavy DDs, but uh, it lets them, them. Uh, it lets them stand in the same ballpark, but doesn't play ball like they do. Yeah. All right. Should we turn this into a secret Blue Mage episode, or should we move on? No, I think the next thing we got to cover is some hot DP action. Death penalty. Should I read or somebody uh, else? I can read this. I haven't read one of these little things, but. Uh, DP, as its name implies, <laughs> this high-caliber firearm earned its monkier or moniker, sorry, its moniker, fucking monkeys, by doling <laughs> out. <laughs> it's not even a word. By doling out swift and often fatal retribution, it was long the beloved weapon of choice of the legendary corsair Luzov the Blackheart. And you know you're very serious when you have a nickname like the Blackheart. And only one name, Luzov. 
Still, somewhat unbelievable stories around the pistol's sheer destructive force. That's a pistol? Said to be such that uh, it once sank a great battleship by blowing a hole clean through the hull. Everyone loved this thing back in 75 because it was a damn cannon. It's still a cannon, and it's not just a hand cannon, because, like, the blunderbuss or something is like a hand cannon. This thing is like a full-on, like, the, the, the small cannon well, you find in the deck of a ship. Well, I was thinking back then, you know how they had the culverin who only used the heavy shells for the ammo? Yeah. That's what I thought, is it's only used the heavy shells. It really should have. That would have been funny. It would have been. Quick draw would have been nuts. So the real-life stuff, do you want to go with this, Eric? Actually, it's not real life. It's mostly just Final Fantasy stuff. The yeah. other lore. The interesting lore. <laughs> um, no. Um, strongest weapon of Win- Vincent in Final Fantasy VII. Originally, the weapon is not good, but the weapon's strength increases the more enemies he kills. If enough time, is in, uh, time investment is done, you can one-shot bosses with 1 million HP with a single blow. It also per- uh, appears in Dirge of Cerberus. Not a whole lot else found about, uh, is found out about this. The gun itself resembles a cannon and appears tied to common knowledge about p- pirates. That a leaden salute could simply be just be cannon fire. Um, wasn't uh, leaden salute some sort of... No, never mind. I was thinking of something else, probably. Uh, I didn't actually Google that, but I'm curious now. Yeah, might as well look. Uh, so I don't know if it was ever fixed, but this is one of your localization thread things here, Funk, where it says, Translation error note, the weapon says in-game that the aftermath occasionally attacks twice or thrice. This is incorrect and actually does occasionally deals double and triple damage. I can't have it in there. If I don't, I would definitely add it. Which the previous variants had listed correctly. Which is dumb. Like, how could they womp possibly womp. mess that up? Uh, no way. Copy-paste? I imagine they copy-pasted the weapons and then changed that part correctly. Because it does the right effect, it just doesn't list it in text. I mean, there some were a lot text. of yeah, there were a lot of translation and text errors in the game. They fixed a couple of a couple of them relatively recently, but there are still quite a lot of them in the game. I keep adding to that thread on auction house, and they just don't do any of it. One of my favorite ones was well, um, they do look at it. They've said as much that they um, they look at it, but they don't do anything. They just look at it. That's it. Well, if anything. We know the community Twitter reps look at it. Whether that matters because they're glorified social media influencers, um, whether that changes anything uh, because they have their ear in that matter in what I assume is an extremely limited capacity, um, whether that actually matters and gets passed on, which it probably does, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it changes. I mean, there's been the last update, they had a bunch of fixes. I don't know if that came from the thread itself, but there were fixes in the localization issues. Like, all I did is a Bliot and Brialt, right? Yeah, they, but that was in the thread, so... Yeah, I don't know if it came from that, but the first time they did that, they did a whole shitload. Well, yeah, they the first... The Ashera harness is accurate. Yeah. What were you going to say, Eric's before? That, exactly that, about the Ashera oh. harness. I think, I think we have another or, um, Odyssey piece that has accurate on it. And I don't well, see the I don't see the death penalty on there. I, I'll add it on there. I mean, didn't they fix death penalty a long time ago? I don't. Unless this note, this note is the wiki, it might not be up to date. So there's no history on uh, uh, leaden salute. So you, you said the um, so, the text error was on the one nineteen one nineteen three, not on the one nineteen one. What about the oh, augmented yeah. version? I can check the augmented version real quick. Uh, I check I it out. Game. Let's let me just click the augmented page for it. 
Uh, it does not have the issue on the augmented version. So the 119.3 is wrong, but the augmented is right. <laughs> and the 119.1 is right. Ah, we fixed it later on. It's good enough. Fuck it. Let's call it a day. That's ridiculous. And we'll get some sake. So do, do all the uh, data mined versions include errors like that, or is there potential? Was I, I don't think all weapons. It. It's probably just that weapon. It's uh, not all of them, no. Uh, so uh leaden salute here since there's no history is probably just the literal word of leaden which is dull heavy or slow um you know it says archaically made of lead a, a leaden coffin which obviously it's not that one but it, you know could somehow fit so i imagine that a dull heavy or slow salute is uh kind of tongue-in-cheek that the salute is a uh, a big blast to the face no pun intended for dp what do you mean puns are always intended? <laughs> always. It was intended. Always. But yeah, um, 75 cap, I have no... Uh, I don't really remember anybody having it back then. I can just speak about it. Uh, it was always talked about favorably. Corsair was always like... Uh, it was like a job that you wanted to have around, but it wasn't seen as super strong like it is today, but it was like looked upon as a favorable DPS. Um... Not, I mean, at times it fit back that at, at later times where it was like doing good damage, but clearly outmatched by everyone else. Maybe in the early Delve era, it kind of fit into that that niche again, like it did in '75. But uh, everyone talked favorably about the weapon and how cool it was, and just being a cannon helped. Barely remember having any corsairs in my ZNM link shell back in the day or Sky. Just maybe one out of eighteen people or something. I used to love play core a lot. That was one of my big jobs back in the day. I play on core more than most jobs. Hmm. How did they usually perform aside from buffing? Like, the buffs weren't as good as they are nowadays. Yeah, they weren't. Um, quick draw was nice because sleeps are very important when your whole group's getting aggroed and few people have sleep. That was always important, <laughs> especially to be able to run away. Hmm. Um, when Bolter's Roll came out, that was super nice. That was the Abyssia era. But at that point, before at 75, like fighting Colibri was nice. Shooting and doing damage was nice. You know, you weren't a ranger, you weren't this or that, but you, you fit in, you did damage. You know, it was, you were, I think more people were dedicated to it then than now, where everyone just bandwagons it, obviously. I mean, it's obvious it's then than now. But you had people that were uh, very dedicated to not only just p pretending to be a pirate, but uh, just, which is partly why I think I got into it, like the, the AF. Did that for Black Mage, too. I thought the AF was pretty nifty. But uh, it was cool to have people that were more dedicated to the job back then. At 75 cap, did you mostly shoot, or did you mostly melee? You like mostly... Well, it depended. I think you... A lot of times, if it was something you could fight that was piercing weak, you would take your Joyu single-wield out with your Supinomimi, even though you're single-wielding, because sword skill, limited earring options. And... Um, you would melee with that, and then you would do a slug shot or something, because that's what you had. But on harder mobs, you didn't do that, because Core didn't have the accuracy, especially then, to successfully land slug shots and detonators and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, on higher-end content, I remember shooting a lot to stay out of range of damage and stuff. I mean, people were big about TP feeding back in the day, so I imagine most didn't have Corsair shoot. I don't think they really thought about how shooting gave TP back in the day. People don't understand that. I mean, I know that people never wanted to have thieves melee uh, bosses because of the TP feed. So People didn't want to use Kraken Club because of TP feed, but a lot of times TP feed was exaggerated and it was not as bad. Yeah, well, people didn't really understand mechanics as well as we uh, understand it nowadays. So we did a lot of stupid things. 
And all the things were also uh, a lot worse compared to back then. Tomorrow. I mean, back then, Tomorrow like all yeah. the like all the breaks were not that great, but I think we would use them if we went back with our mindset from these days. I think the number one thing you'd see if 75 era came back today in the capacity it was, Secret Nostalgia episode, is that there'd be less optical hats on everyone and more Wallera turbans and Aisha's homes. Yeah. What do you mean? Turbans were everywhere. Yes, but a lot of people didn't cap haste. They'd wear like O-hat and stuff all the time because they didn't know the value of haste gear and they'd wear like other stuff that wasn't haste gear. I want to tank on Bard again with Mizurka spam. That was fun. Oh yeah, the, the Inter slash Bard was pretty nice. Like Rappery Harness or Ripery, whatever it's pronounced, is super important for Thief back in the day to get haste cap because Thief could, which was a big advantage other jobs didn't have. And people just didn't want to wear it because like, oh, that's low-level gear. I don't want to wear that. And they wouldn't wear it and they would wear something else that didn't have haste on it. It was like a big thing to do. I remember wearing that um, Nizel armor piece um, Goliard Sayo, I think. Oh, yeah. Like That was pretty nice. But with C and hand-to-hand, it was rough. It's hard to pull off, even on greater Calibri. Oh, we're going to get there. The pupness. I mean, every every episode is a secret pop episode when I'm in there. You didn't just spam Howling Fist at 75, like all the cool pops? I did not, because String and Pummel was pretty amazing back then. Well, and Howling Fist wasn't as OP as it is now. Yeah, correct. But String and Pummel wasn't around until later. I mean, it was around when I, like shortly after I started Puppet Master, I believe. But um, before we talk about that, maybe let's just finish up Death Penalty. Yes, yes. Um, so everyone knows Death Penalty is very nice nowadays. Uh, 99, someone cover that. Because it says question mark, question mark, question mark for today. I mean, good Laden Salute still used quite a lot, right? Of course it is. Good weapon skill. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good in... But is like, the... Well, is Death Penalty better than Salvage Blade Spam? It depends. depends on what you're fighting. I mean, I mean if, you, if you can abuse the... If the monster is weak to the, to um, Lend Salute, then it's definitely better than Savage Blade Spam because you can wear better weapons for TP. Nayame um, gear preserve. helped a lot too, not only just for Laden, but for um, Gastrophides as well. Like, if you have 5 out of 5B, which you should in my opinion, <laughs> Eric's, um, then then wow. it's, it's a really, really big boost for the jobs. So not only just for Savage Blade, but specifically for uh, these magical weapon skills, because the weapon skill damage and magic is great on them. And is Quick Draw definitely still used these days? Oh yeah, Quick Draw is great. You do know the quick... extra effect of Quick Draw on the, the boots, right? The Empyrean oh, yeah. boots? Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, quick Draw is very versatile. Can either do a lot of damage, it's... Uh... A basically mini meditate or you can buff uh, black mages and even or if even it wasn't um just having dispel always still comes into play as a corsair always it's just going to happen oh yeah regularly but yeah as i was saying about the tp speed with the death penalty if you have like a rust and b and a blurred knife offhand then you can really get insanely fast tp while spamming leaden salutes for 50k to cap tp uh, cap damage and with um nagling and blurred knife offhand to peak speed is, I guess, and noticeably slower. So you don't you not only have similar or lower numbers with Savage Blade on Corsair, you also TP slower. So it's definitely worse if you can pull off death penalty somehow. And since you're TPing on core, if you're Savage Blade, you're not wearing a death penalty and wearing the TP bonus gun anyway. So yeah, 
Do you need a death penalty to hit those kind of numbers? No, you can. I mean, for complete damage, yeah. But if you're trying to like one shot a statue, you don't need death penalty. You need buffs and extra TP, but you don't need death penalty. No, but I mean, death penalty is a pretty big jump in damage, especially when it's augmented. But um, shooting too. If it, if you if you just uh, I don't know, um, putting certain bosses like the wave three boss, for example, then. Tomahawk, um the um, Word of Courage gun, and Armageddon are all pretty decent as well. You can pull it off. Do the living bullets make a difference? Oh yeah, they're they're great. Lots of extra um, magic attack bonus. Yeah, even if you weren't, um, you know, using a magic weapon skill, having them for quick draw is nice. Are there any other alternative bullets besides those? Sorry, say that again. Any alternative bullets for quick draw besides those? Is there must be something good. Uh, I know they the, have a couple of rare X ones. The Armageddon bolts are decent. Well, say you didn't have a Rima. What are the next best options for bolts for quick draw? The Wild Keeper Reef one. I mean, yeah, for for quick draw, you have a uh, the Wild Keeper's Reef one and the one from the main invasion. But there's a big gap between those were super super big when they came out compared to other bullets you had on core. Uh, but the gap is also now the the ones from like the Rima weapons reams are much better. Yeah, it says, sorry, BG says that enhanced quick draw fives, quick draw damage plus sixty percent, magic accuracy plus sixty. So what kind of damage do we have with uh, fully augmented? Well, one nineteen three for quick draws. I don't have one. Uh, you can hit around ten to twenty k with quick draw. So oh, nice. It can be very potent. It was always um, screenshot worthy from its inception onwards. With a geomancer, you could probably hit even higher numbers, but I've usually geared my quick draw for uh, extra TP gain, so I can use more um, Latin salutes. Uh, so I ha- in recent years, I haven't really been using it for damage until this month's ambuscade. I've yet to attempt that one. So probably a toggle in there, right? Back. Yeah, but I really, as I said, I haven't really needed to use it since it was mostly dynamics where I used my Corsair. And I was just going for a quick TP to uh, instantly destroy statues. So, Ken Konkin. Yep, I think we can move on. All right. I can I read that. Do you want to read the uh, real life or in-game? Well, I mean, I how many know. hours do we have to dedicate to this weapon now? Well, I probably won't say much. You guys would be taking it off. <laughs> I mean, the, the Ken Konkin text is pretty short for the in-game war. It's pretty good, though. Except for this disgusting Galka who's wielding this weapon in the picture. Wow, racism. He should be in the mines. Isn't isn't Funky Galka? I am a Galka. Hate, yeah, we forgive are him. Are you hating on him? He can't he help the, on me. He can't help the way he was born. Yeah. But the, no, the way I was incarnated. He can't help the way he was incarnated. I mean isn't that the whole reason the Shadow Lord turned into a demon? Yeah. Can stand being a Galka. Spoilers. So let's get to Ken Konkin, but before we get to Ken Konkin, we have another ad we'd like to present here. Um, we have another sponsor for this episode we want to give a shout out to here. Uh, this has been pre- a presentation of WTF in Vana Deal brought to you by Naji's Loop, a soft roll of paper to aid you in your adventuring purposes. Four to five Mithra Musketeers agree, Naji's Loop will never do much, but it will never let you down. When times are tough and need that extra push, remember Naji's Loop. <laughs> you have to link to Naji's Loop. Look yes. it up on BG if nobody uh, knows. <laughs> it's toilet paper. I have to, or the I have to find one that looked exactly like the image. It took me a little while to find one. <laughs> read the. Do you want to read it, uh, Eric's? Um, 
what what exactly the King Kong? No, the King Kong, not Najee's loop. <laughs> yeah. Najee's loop is so overwhelmingly disappointing. It's pretty shitty, it's if you ask me. Sure is. Hopefully, there's no shortage of Najee's loops. Uh, it's so it's so unworthy of use that I have to wipe my ass with it. I mean, Squirtix probably thought the same. Hence the icon. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Ken Konkin. The very devices that claim the Eye of Balran. These ringed fist weapons are said to have been donned by the minion of an evil puppeteer. <clears throat> um, I don't know who they're talking about. A vivid and detailed retelling of this encounter came to have, uh, have a most profound effect upon an impressionable Jalzan. Impressionable yeah. what? Oh, Jal was Jal oh, Jalzan. He's got a ring. Jalzan. Yeah, he's the ranger ring. I don't know who Jalzan is in the lore though. Yeah, not quite sure. Either. It's very impressionable though. Yeah, and definitely not us. Wasn't it one of the previous emperors of Adragon? I'm not sure. There you go. Thanks. Let's go with that. So can... I don't, I don't quite remember. So just speculating. Kinkonkin is a chakram of great power wielded in Taoist mythology by Nezha. Nezha is a mythological a mythological figure who is often depicted as a young, handsome boy wearing clothes similar to a lotus since he was reincarnated from a lotus. Oh, no wonder there's a stupid Galka using it. I don't know if Essie ever thought of that part, but probably. He has two wheels with flames attached to his feet and golden ankle rings. So where's the weapon? It's a hand-to-hand. Okay. Uh, probably those wheels. So, yeah, at 75, it was amazing. And it's been super amazing all the way until very right now. I think it's at R15 with everything in the game. It's competitive or loses to God hands in the right situations, which wasn't yeah, like true. Extreme damage, though, when you're saying that, because it has other effects, too, to calculating those in. Yeah, but let's talk about 75 or uh, 99. for Yeah, sure. Uh, like uh, 75, it was, as I said, it was pretty amazing. Not much else to say. It was, uh, it was the best weapon you could Did you have at 75? Yeah. I wanted. I was it. pretty close, um, but now I, I quit the game. I was able to collect all the Alexandrid. As you can imagine, personally, so what, I was. What exactly does it do for those people who don't know? Damage. Well, what's the overload effect on it? Makes you not overload. So basically, um, it it. <laughs> not sure if the not sure if the, the trial upgrades change the overload suppression, but it um, increases the. The, the burden limit you have at the uh, with the nine uh, one nineteen version, so you can use um, a lot more maneuvers before you even get close to risking an overload. And uh, since you always also have that increased burden limit, that means that you have more, uh, basically more room for it to pick down to stay in within the safe levels. So um, overload was a big issue back in the day, so it was. Uh, a pretty pretty big effect to have. So yeah, it raises, remember that it raises your limit and it divides the burden of the maneuver by a third. So it does a yeah, third that's, less. Yeah, that's that's actually incorrect. Uh, I posted about that on the Puppet Master threads. Um, uh, like the Puppet Master thread, it doesn't um divide the burden by three. It actually increases the limit by three. Okay, which I, I like. I, I will I, have I, to fix PG there because that's. Like I can only speculate from what I've tested since they introduced that new um, overload uh, feature, where it tells you in the chat how close you are. But uh, like the base overload threshold is about a hundred burden, and Kinkonkin raises that to three hundred. And I'm basing that those numbers on how Midnight's give minus forty, and the Empyrean bottom gives minus forty-two, um, which basically translates to Adding 
plus 40 to the limit. It would actually be nicer if it cut the maneuver down by a third because oh yeah yeah definitely. the static ceiling yeah if you're using an ice maker for example you're gonna you're gonna feel that overload even with Kinkonkin. without it you're gonna feel less, it very quickly though less so on ice maker since you usually have enough room to include a heat sink on the black mage automaton but um, Kinkonkin, I find I find Kinkonkin to be absolutely invaluable if you use an, a DD automaton with flame holder. Since uh, with it spamming weapon skills, especially with double fire maneuver, you can easily overload even with Kankonkin and um, the um, cooldown job ability. The yeah, um, the, what's the, the heat sink? It just reduces. What's there? Is there one that prevents an overload? It's water, right? Yeah, that's the. Um, oh god, I forgot the name. Uh, Sorry, I have to. It doesn't matter. You can look it up if you want to, but. Also, you can macro in the hand to hand to give you that um, limit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so even Just, if you're using the Path C Zawadles, uh, whatever they are, um, that it, it's still you can take advantage of the effect of this weapon, unlike other weapons where you cannot do that. You know, exactly. You can just uh, add it in as a precast for maneuvers. So the um, water attachment we were talking about was is the condenser yeah, yeah, no. which prevents yep. an overload if you have a water maneuver up but uh most of the time you don't have the room for that with all the other good attachments these days um but at least in the black major automaton you can uh add the heatsink which uh from my experience uh doubles the rate at which burden decays over time so you uh, at least with the black major automaton spamming uh, ice maneuvers you never really overload since it doesn't um, cast spells that quickly so Tizona is my baby and I would not make another weapon first before that but when I make Kinkonkin recently because uh, as we remember the Abenteuer von Spicy und Dreisen uh, segments here which haven't been in a while poor little Dreisen but uh, when I made that weapon it's one I'd wanted from like my very first early years in this game and when i finally made it i didn't think it was going to be like there's like something deep within you when you make that after all those it's been 15 years i mean it's like to finally realize that weapon that you had like dreamed of and thought about how cool it was because as an early puppet master even to this day somewhat uh just no one cared your pup and no one wanted you and like as when you were dedicated to the job as your first 75 like i was it you know i had the personality where that further pushes me to double down and it's like, I'm a pup, I'm going to prove you wrong. And not that I could prove you wrong, but I'm not going to change what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it, even though it makes life harder. I'm I'm stubborn about that. So to finally obtain that weapon, I'd always dreamed of making me like, you know, at 75, if you had that, even though pup was like seen as like lol pup joke job. If you had that weapon at 75 back then, uh, you were no longer lol pup. You were like super duper duper guy. So... But did people, were they able to do content? Like, would people, oh, you, you can come, you have a Kinkonkin. If any puppet had Kinkonkin at 75, they'd be allowed into content that any monk was allowed to go to. And I if the monk wasn't the pet. Knowing anybody. The pet. So, how much experience did you have at 75, Eric? Because you were making one with just taking the pet uh, and, like, going sub-scholar and letting the pet fight while you support people. Actually, I played a lot of Puppet Master in Endgame when the setup allowed for it. Um, like most of the time I was uh, stuck being barred since we didn't have many in my ZNM shell. But whenever I could um, uh, go Puppet Master, I usually went for it. Like I did Sky with it. I did um, 
Limbus with it, I did Dynamis with it, I did uh, Salvage with it, especially especially Salvage was uh, pretty decent because of uh, having no gear. Uh, you could hand to, use hand-to-hand -hand and have the Tauntaun do some decent damage or heal. And um, it was actually pretty effective, especially like um, when I did Greater Calibri Merit Pack uh, Party oh, Camps. Oh yeah, there it was very... Uh... Um, the Automaton did like 1k plus weapon skills and added with the and combined combination with the master's damage i was actually on par with a um fully like really well geared warrior which uh maybe not 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 sam uh polarm tier but i was uh, pretty high up there as far as dps goes I remember so, uh, going sub scholar, and if you overdrive like Bayaka or something that people have trouble hitting, the puppet would cap accuracy, and you would get capped haste on it. Other jobs weren't hitting like salmon O hat or something because it couldn't hit. And you know, puppet sub scholar carrying and regening and raising and that kind of stuff, um, you would still parse number one with overdriving puppet because it's an overdriving puppet, and um, even without yeah, it, it was competitive. Like Overdrive was nowhere close to being as good as it is nowadays. Um, but what some of the thing, one of the things, uh, like two of the things I remember the most about doing Endgame with Puppet Master and Sky was um, one, uh, Kieran with um, fighting strategies. The Valor Edge could follow uh, Kieran along pretty nicely and always attack it. So it did a lot of damage over time when everybody else was shooting or yeah, thunderous. I remember that too. And I always wanted my puppet, uh, I put on Valor Edge and have him run around chasing him. And yeah. I always love that because Cannibal Blade would only do like 300 damage, but no one else was doing was shit for damage. But just the fact yeah, that was... they'd kite him and he would still be able to hit when everyone else couldn't was, you know, underrated. Definitely. Another fun thing was um, before they fixed Magic Mortar, you could do the, like this thing. I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the Puppet Master episode, but um, Magic Mortar was uh, had a lot of damage it. potential. When you were could uh, reduce your automaton's um, HP to one and cap out its TP. So back when I ran with a different scaling shell, one that I didn't lead, I went puppet master once and we popped, uh, I believe, Seiryu. And like we were fighting it, and I was prepping my maneuvers and everything. And, and people were doing like slow damage as we usually did back then with all the melees just whiling at the at the boss. And then I engaged my automaton and used magic mortar. And took off like thirty percent of the the enemy's uh, HP in one go, and everybody was just like, "What the fuck just happened?" If you vent was... fast enough, you might save the puppet, but the puppet's gonna die after that. I mean, after a three three k plus weapon skill or more, I'm not I don't remember how much it was. If I'd vented, uh, I'm pretty sure Seria would have eaten me. I, w I mean, puppet master was not tanky. Back yeah, it then. was not. And I mean. Uh, after having spent the automaton's DP, it was easier just to resummon it and uh, continue as normal. It was hard to get because you had to use like roll reversal and stuff to get the HP so low. There was no good way to do it otherwise. I think and... I think I used um, I just had a uh, monster attack it with uh, I'm not sure if I used vent or something, but I did use the shirtson to protect it from the uh, fatal blow to keep it at one HP. It was a lot of effort. I remember showing off. Uh, when that released that for Puppet to people I pull like a Marid or whatever in the woodlands and had everyone go come guys come look at this and 
you know, because you needed XP and stuff back then still for merits and you didn't have a party. So I was just like, come on, guys, I can kill this Mara. Look at this. And it's just like one shots the Mara or something stupid with like three flame holders and almost no HP. Yeah, it was great. But I mean, back in the day when, when Sky Nims took like, I don't know, 10 minutes plus to kill sometimes, just taking off a third of its HP in one go, uh, it was unprecedented. So it was very satisfying. It's funny because nowadays, um, in general, these Odyssey fights don't even take that long. But sometimes, you know, just fighting a Sky God for... We're going to avoid Kirin here for hours, but fighting a Sky God for like 20 minutes seems completely... It felt normal at the time, but looking back at it now, oh man, that's... uh, <laughs> that 16-minute repop. Oh, yeah. God, it was horrible. Good times. So stringing Pummel, that's pretty good, huh? Oh, it was great when it came out. It's still good. Yeah, I think it, it was always good until Victory Smite kind of eclipsed it for a while. And now it's good again with, uh, well, only with King Konkan, though. Um, like, King Konkan right now is about this, I would say it's the second strongest Dreamer in terms of massive damage, um, but just behind God Hands. But depending on the situation and fight, it's number one because it's the only thing that really buffs your automaton's TP speed. And um, like if you're multi-stepping with your automaton, there's nothing better than that. What's great too is it makes Pup more flexible for skill chaining than a monk, in my opinion, because stringing pummel is nicer than a seven fist. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like um, fully geared and buffed, you can you can hit about thirty k to thirty three k stringing pummels, and TP speed with Kankonkin is insanely fast, even though the aftermath isn't really supposed to be that great since it only affects one fist but it feels really fast with it it is um so the uh, martial arts five on it is very nice but it's also a problem for fully buff situations because the yep. extra aftermath or the extra martial arts on top of your extra martial arts uh um you know job points and everything you got a category go 20 to 20 on for pup unlike monk just gets gifts even though Monks is higher natively, so it brings Pup up a lot higher compared to... Monk's still higher, but to that extra martial arts tash up, and sometimes you don't want it. You'd rather just not have to use it. But uh, it's like too fast. Story. Why is it a problem? It's just like uh, extra dual wield lowers your TP gain. Oh, okay. Yeah, so basically if you're uh, capped haste with like magic haste-wise, then it lowers your TP per hit, because you overcap. Yeah, you're overcapping and... with it. But on the other hand, uh, you can still cap delay even if you're not fully capped on magic haste. So in low buff situations, it can be quite useful. In our Odyssey groups, when we have the puppet hold Henwin, uh, I don't want to use tank. When we had the puppet uh, distract Henwin and uh, hold the target, uh, stream pummel is very nice for our setups because we'll do three fights with the amplifier and I don't have shit for buffs and debuffs. So sometimes I, you know, don't have anything but Imbrava on, uh, something like that going on. And the martial arts is absolutely crucial uh, for, for DPS in that case. It, it's just yeah. a big deal. I mean, we talked about this tanking thing in the Puppet Master episode, but uh, I mean, we, we sort of agreed that Puppet Master can tank, but it's not a tank job, which I think... Um, yeah, but it's, it's, great for, it's great for tanking uh, Henwin. Uh, it's just very nice for that, and because Hemant's weak to blunt as well, so you yeah. get the dual function. I will. I have a set that's barely 
not too much change. I put on the Talia pants with Ken Konkin and, uh, you know, there's not much in the way. I'll have the uh, damage taken back, the PDT 10 with uh, accuracy and whatever on it for uh, myself and the puppet and a couple of uh, of armor plates and one maneuver with the light maneuver. And I'm, you know, capped at that point, I think, or right about capped. And I can fight with that. And it's very nice as a job to be able to use that in a low buff situation, the martial arts on Kinkunkin. And I'm attack starved. So the fact that I have a uh, negative PDF using a critical hit weapon skill automatically will keep me from being negative when it crits. So in a low buff situation, Strain Pummel from Kinkunkin is absolutely really, really awesome to use. And you're in a situation very unique to pup with this weapon in this case, where if you're very starved in a situation you... You know, and, and the traditional BG logic here would have been, uh, you know, you should never be in that situation. Your group's terrible. Why would you gear for a situation where you're terrible? But Odyssey has raised that into an existence now. So you're in a situation where you can beat a monk because they're attack-starved and not capping delay. And they don't have the extra martial arts like you have on your weapon. And you have to sacrifice things to get that. So it puts you in a situation where Pup can, in a low-bus situation bring more to the table as a DD and as, you know, a group, you know, utility, whether it's because if it's if it's something like Gogmagog, I'll have the puppet tank uh and the sharp shot frame for the defense down. But you're bringing damage and things like that without, you know, and more DPS than a monk in a situation or holding the mob with the tank. It's it's like that weapon is super nice for pup uh in these kind of situations. And you don't like think about them. You have to like and once again the whole theme for all mythics is you have to love the job to make it. If it's spicy, don't you know? You're, you should always be attack cap. You should always have uh, full PDL, and you should always be using fighter's will instead of chaos. I believe spreadsheet says. I mean, Simon says. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll only consider the situations when considering what the best weapon is. Yeah, but as far as GL goes, I think Puppet Master really has a lot of opportunity to shine. Oh, it's great. I posted about this. I posted about this in the Puppet Master thread. But I did successfully tank uh, Kalanga and Arabati versus um, a Dark and uh, a Ranger, respectively. We had to use Dirge, obviously, and Pacifying Ruby. But it worked us pretty nicely because, one, the Automaton didn't have to worry about Dispels. And we didn't have to bring a White Mage. What about so Fetters? Uh, it, if you use a full um, Turtle Automaton setup, then it can just ignore the damage from Fetters. Obviously, we still did the mechanic to make them disappear, but uh, it, it um, as long as you go like um, have full raw plus one and bring some and bring the right attachments and stuff like that and uh, oils, then uh, the damage from the fetters isn't dangerous. So, how did you? Because we were trying to do our body, and we were having trouble proccing into the first proc. Maybe we got the second. Um, yeah. With we also had that issue. Like the first proc wasn't an issue, but the second was really hard. So it was nice to have an automaton that could just live through all the fetters. Yeah, because my favorite is you know to have like we we did it at one point I think with the dancer and doing you know torrid evisceration gets the crits, but if you don't have that with the rangers, it's very hard. Even with you know using uh, uh, camouflage and uh, overkill and whatever stuff, we had trouble with the second one. We just couldn't get it. Yeah, I mean, also our body likes this spell, which is really shitty for yeah, which no player tanks. We're going with just a red mage situation, so the red mage had to convert multiple times because full buffing constantly and carrying constantly. You know, you know, red mage still will have issue with that running MP. So, yeah, and with, nice. uh, with automatons, you don't really have to worry about that, and you can just uh, bring a different job instead of a healer. 
so quite nice and it was very relaxed as well like we we weren't in a rush we just take our time and kill it uh comfortably maybe we'll change from me going on rune to arabati to that because it's not like ongo where my raking gambit matter yeah um another thing um that i didn't actually do myself but a, fr a pop friend of mine did he meleeed a guy with a monk friend uh with a monk like uh doing uh, being like the main tank and doing damage with this automaton but the automaton being an off tank after a hate reset and the pup just mailing with god hands and doing damage and he actually got within i think like three or four percent of the monk uh on the parse with just the master and the automaton didn't do any damage so i think um puppet masters actually have a lot of damage potential these days yeah because you can't take everything for granted but as much as i would talk about pup all day uh guy is very nice too i'm partial to blue and guy because i'm blue there but pup is also very good to bring to that fight yeah so this did turn into a secret puppet master episode oh uh, we, we always knew it was going to but i knew it was going to terpsichor or terpsichore depending on how you pronounce that i think it's terpsichore terpsichore old yeah. hickory who wants to read that is it me again uh, i can read the in game my mouth is a bit dry, so I might <laughs> give me a break. All right, I dagger named after an ancient goddess of dance. Upon first examination, it seems to differ in no particular way from conventional daggers. It bears a concealed button, however, which, Ooh. when depressed, causes the blade to trifurcate. trifurcate. This transforms the weapon into an effective defensive device capable of entwining an enemy's blade and rendering it near ineffective. Near ineffective. It does not disarm the opponent entirely. If not disarming the opponent entirely. Rendering it near ineffective if not disarming near ineffective. the opponent entirely. And buttons are depressed nowadays. Jeez. But What's I don't think on? too many this lockdowns. This game that's kind of disappointing. That'd be awesome if it did it like when you, when you drew it out of your holster. I love the way this dagger looks. And it's unfortunate that time has not been as kind to it as it should have been. Doesn't Fox have one? Well. Let's get Fox in the line here. <laughs> I don't think he's going to join. That's all right. Yeah, he, he made plans. He's RPing or something. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I think he has one. Or no, no, no. He's talked about not making one because uh, the SU-5 suits his play style better. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, the real-life lore does tie into the in-game lore. It's pretty cool. Is that a Most microwave? Yeah, it is. In so go ahead and take that. In Greek religion... One of the nine muses, a uh, patron of lyric poetry and dancing, and some versions flute playing. Um, oh, muses is the patron. Okay, that's why it's capitalized. She is perhaps the most widely known of the muses. What is her name then? Terpsichore. Okay. Oh, oh Terpsichore is the muse. Okay. <laughs> What's well, worded badly? It's yes. Because muses capitalized because it's a thing and as it should be. And then I'm like, wait, is muse? Because it just goes to she is perhaps the most known. I'm like, who is she? Uh, her name having entered general English as the adjective uh, Terpsichorean pertaining to dancing, a trident dagger like this model is mainly used for parrying in real-world applications. The Mangosh or Mangasha uh, and parrying knife models uh, have similar applications. Its associated weapon skill, Pyrocleos or Pyrocleos, refers to the Corabantes, ancient Greek, can't read that, were uh, the crested dancers who worshipped the Phrygian goddess Cybele. 
uh, with drumming and dancing. The dance in armor, the Pyrrhic dance, or the Pyrrhiche, was a male coming-of-age initiation ritual linked to warrior victory celebration. Wow. Yeah, I think the pairing thing is pretty cool. Yes. You won't feel you depressed you wish when you have to press your button. It's talking about the thief's neck model as well. It has a notch by the blade. I didn't mean to talk over your pun, Eric. So let's, let's get this pun out there. It wasn't really a pun, just a lame joke. Oh, uh, well, go ahead. But yeah, Ryona Higa wishes that it had this much lore. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't lame. That was pretty good. So. 75 cap. No, no one really wanted dancers because they didn't trust their ability. Dancers were cool at 75. They were better cool, than they were. But You'd bring them to like, bird parties and they'd destroy shit with saber dance and, and daggers. Bring it to Fafner like, and it'll hurricane wing your ass. Yeah, Dancer wasn't always in the best position. I feel like Dancers had a lot of potential that was just uh, Ignored. not appreciated, just like Puppet Master. I mean, I feel like they had more opportunity to properly heal back then than they do nowadays. Nowadays yes. they're more of a Zergy type of DD. Fox plays it much more healy than other Dancers, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, it can heal, and it heals very, really well, but most people just let the white mage handle everything. So. I, I think back at 75, I don't think people properly appreciated how important box step was. Oh, the, yeah. If, yeah. If, they, if they did, it would have been like Geomancer, where you have to have a dancer for all content, because box step is absolutely crucial back at 75 cap, and for some reason, it was not as crucial as it should have been taken. We barely used any debuffs back in the day with that yeah. defense. Yeah, aside from Dia, but we didn't really use box step. We didn't really use the breaks, they, which were worse, obviously. But we didn't even attempt to uh, incorporate them. I think it was so, like I what think... twelve or fourteen percent defense down at five at uh, seventy-five because the cap was raised up, which helped answer. But I, th I think that's yeah. a big defense down to add that stacks with everyone. Like everyone wanted Angon for Dragoon. That was like no one doubted. Like oh, we need like, Dragoon throw your Angon out. It's really helpful. Uh, but like no one treated box step that way, and box step was constant and you know super good. The accuracy might have been an issue back then, but um, they had quick step too. Keep both up. Yeah, I mean, as I said, dancer was under underappreciated, so it was potential that nobody really utilized. Yeah, unfortunately. So especially this weapon would have made it really nice to uh, get. Oh yeah, that. absolutely. Unfortunately, nowadays, with the way they change steps in Presto, it's like it has this awkward way of not working well anymore. It used to be great for getting extra steps, but like now, you don't. Yeah. It doesn't help you with that anymore. It's like one short or something, I remember being the case with it. Yeah, they need to rework that a little bit, I think. They need to rework a lot of Remas, honestly, to make them more relevant, but I don't think Square Enix has any plans for that. If they do, it probably would be when they do the multi-job adjustments, which is going to be... Lots of changes if they do that as well. Yeah. Well, we can only hope. PK. I mean, they took an entire, entire year for that. PK used to be really nice for, like, tax star situations, I think. Playing Dancer, like, back when they first changed weapon skills or something. But it's increasingly fallen by the wayside a bit. I mean, it's still a very good weapon skill with um, Terpsichore. Uh, it's just that... I think Torrid. I mean, it's basically, it's, it's basically like, like um, stringing pummel in a lot of ways. But low I mean, FTP. The main issue is that it doesn't skill chain, and Rudra's does, and Rudra's also works a lot better better with dancer dancers um, flourishes like climactic. So 
it's, it's just yeah because this is an ftp replicating weapon skill with low ftp the climactic's not going to help you here it's not front loaded yeah and, and, and building which gives weapon skill damage also doesn't really work with the ftp yeah this transfer. is a, this is a uh, tenuary flourish kind of thing but it wouldn't get damage and yeah the sketching property is not great as a lot of mythic ones aren't compared to like relic ones being interesting generally yeah. Uh, which may be too much of a blanket statement, but the big thing that sticks with me here is why is the evasion down not buffed? It's minus ten. It should really be higher. It should be minus fifty or something. The same same issue with um, Death Blossom and Blade Kamu. Yeah, they all just, of them suffer that. Yeah, they just need uh, an update. If it was like minus fifty or something, or at least minus thirty, then it would be decent. But nowadays, anyone have any comments? Like I know Fox could talk about this one, but. I mean, record no, I can't really comment. Minutes. Yeah, because CP speed with AM3 on Dancer is insane, but it already is even without AM3. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the only dancer I play with. So, like, uh, only the dancer I know is Mur. And <laughs> I mean, I I play a dancer, but I don't have a typically. But yeah, I mean, I've, I have the SU5, I have um, Twashtor, and honestly, I can't really see a use case for typically most of the time since. It doesn't really do anything that I can't already do. Yeah, the step effect is extra 60 accuracy in one finishing move, and like Presto yeah. didn't exist when they made this weapon. Yeah, I almost never miss my steps anyway, so... Because steps get a native bonus, I think, of of uh, extra... And Presto also gets a further 50 accuracy bonus, so... Yeah, it's... Every 15 seconds you can get that bonus and gets an extra five finishing moves. So there's not a reason to, you know, like two Prestos and you're done. Like, why don't they make yeah, Presto when it's basically like a mythic? I don't know. It really took a lot of shine out of the mythics uh, thing. Yeah, press, I feel Presto was really necessary for Dancer to keep up these days. And like, yeah, they spent so much time just doing steps, they, they couldn't really perform in other ways. Correct. They should have adjusted this then at the same time. Yes, like they did with Ninja, even though it was minor. Yeah, like Ninja. Still, yeah. Yeah, but buffing Dancer, they made one weapon useless, which probably in their eyes was an acceptable loss drawback. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of acceptable losses, uh, Tup Samadhi. I mean, a skill yeah. ever an acceptable loss. Well, I read the in-game lore, and this is the last in-game lore we have, because there are none for their air guns. This sacred relic is said to bear the very inscription of divine will itself. Balran took it for his own as a trophy of war following a successful campaign against the Mamuja tribes. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Not this kidnapping of staves. Yeah. <laughs> However, even the most spirited of efforts by the Empire's foremost scholars has yet to shed any light on the weapon's true meaning or significance. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> they got something uh, right for the test of time here. All the time. All right. Uh, I'll read the real life lore. Yeah, go for it. Uh, in Mesopotamian mythology, the Tipsy Mahdi was the Tablet of Destinies, a clay tablet inscribed with cuneiform writing, also impressed with cylinder seals which, as a permanent legal document, conferred upon the god Enlil his supreme authority as ruler of the universe. In other stories, the tablet is possessed by Anki or Marduk. Given this basis, the associated weapon skill omniscience, om omniscience uh, seems fitting. Well, we have no description of omniscience here. Google. I think it's omniscience, actually. Not omniscience. I know. It's, it's been a... Omniscience? Yeah. Well, it would be fitting. It's omniscience, but... A stat modifier is eighty percent mind. How horrible! It's we we always called it omni science as a from the seventy five era onwards. It just it was of course it's omniscience, but it was just it sounds more scholarly to be omni science. For the, yeah, it does. I'm curious. Let me let me look up the pronunciation. For the additional effect of this weapon skill, 
Uh, magic attack bonus minus 10. It's, it's clearly, if you look up, it's omniscience, but um, it's in English, honestly, there's different ways to say words that are spelled and ways you say other ways, and I think it's not incorrect English to say omniscience. Yeah, so, so there's just a difference between the American and British dialect. So in American, it's what you said, omniscience, and in British English, it's omnis uh, omniscience. So both are correct, really. The state of knowing everything, of course. But yeah, I don't play scholars, so Spicy, do you want to take this one? I have a love-hate relationship with Scholar. I think it's a cool job. I like having it in groups. Uh, at the same time, I fucking hate the job. Because is like region five the basic like the best thing about it's it? It's the crutch of the job, yeah. Like it just scholar annoys me in our runs. Like it's, it's gathered together for phalanx, and it's like I don't have time to put on phalanx gear. And if I do at the start of the run and I'm fighting, I'm not gonna stop fighting to get an extra, you know, twenty damage on phalanx. Not even depending on my gear, it's probably like eighteen or something. Because I'm not going to stop fighting to do this, and if I throw on the gear, I'm waiting for a scholar to give me the phalanx while I'm trying to fight. And it's just scholar annoys me in the runs because it does not fit. It, it, I mean, for what it does, it's nice, but scholar needs some buffs still, and I'm glad we take it. And it's in Odyssey when you don't have a white mage, very useful, very important to have the regen and caring from it. It, it fills that slot for not having a white mage for those multi fights. Uh, and I, I would argue for our paladin setup here that we farm with. If you're not taking a paladin, you take white mage, of course. You need the extra healing. But our, our setup, scholar fits us the best. I just get annoyed with scholar, you know, stuff. It's you know underwhelming at times. It's nice to have the enmity manipulation, but it never feels like it truly turns the tide of battle like a dirge from a bard would. So that's about scholar, but about the weapon though. About the, I mean, yeah, about the, about the weapon because that well, the weapon fits into the, the, the job fits into the weapon. Like you're not, it's it's like it's a, it's a, like all these things that are special for scholar and all these other jobs. They're melee weapons. The uh, Aeonics, they're melee weapons. Like you're meleeing with club on white mage or something. And this is another example of meleeing on scholar, which would be cool if this weapon made it practical, but unfortunately, it does not because the job is not a practical meleeer. Like even I mean, as from a magic standpoint, I don't see this being better than anything else you can get. Like even Grio is probably better if they're good made on it. Yeah, if they doubled the magic attack bonus on Tupsy and Levitin, I think those would be competitive weapons or the best nuking weapons at least. Yeah, it would need at least that. It has like the special thing is with the weather. Enemy minus twenty with the weather. Yeah, that's that's a holdover from the seventy five. It was cool at seventy five. It mattered at seventy five. It does not matter now. Tranquil it, Heart it even boosted. It. it even boosted it from 75 to 119.3. It should have been minus 50. At least. Oh, wow. I mean, if if Scholar could, uh, like, if Caper was, like, more of a duration buff, and instead Scholar could constantly steal enmity from party members, they could somehow reduce their uh, chances of getting hate by using top scenes. But I don't know. At 75, I remember it being talked about on BG forums is like a, like awesome nuking weapon if you had it it was a great to nuke in because you know magic tank bonus hard to come by back then um, and the magic accuracy as well and it would make it's sense to mess around meleeing back then too because what else are you going to do besides nuking because your MP is somewhat limited so why not uh, but still but now yeah weren't elemental staves still better than that in terms I, of I think I, there was it was the same thing with the um, with the 
from uh, PW drop of the staff there and all the extra magic attack bonus on it. A contemplator? Yeah, the contemplator. Mm. I think it was when the Irradiance came out that that was the definite um, better to nuke with weapon for a little bit over that. Yeah. But before that, I think this had it with the extra magic accuracy too. But yeah, not not an astounding weapon by any means here. And it's gimmick, unlike the other jobs, providing like something that benefits the job, uh, besides the cat yelling, is, <laughs> if you hear that, um, is just like other like steps and enmity suppression on, uh, or uh, burden suppression on maneuvers and MP back to the job on blue and all these other things. Like the, the weather effect on this is absolutely nothing to do with the job and worthless at the current game. It's probably one of the most disappointing weapons, I think, because Levitane's nicer than this, in my opinion. Well, so you know a little bit about Scholar. What do you think should be on this to make it unique? You know how each weapon makes the job more unique? What, what you I don't know. Be good? That's, that's, I'm the wrong person to ask that one to, but I mean, something that makes the weather nicer increase, I mean, because the multiplier already caps, doesn't it, with, uh, with the Storm 2, or at least with double weather, uh, or it'd be triple weather in this case. Well, I mean, enhances I mean, regen or something. Well, I don't know. Well, enhances regen would be nice, but I mean, Musa already does that. Uh, but if like if Tupsi enhanced storm spells to give like more attributes to the NNT and oh, yeah. to other party members, yeah, that I was, would be pretty neat. I was thinking that, but I'm looking up. Let's see, affinity. What does affinity cap at? Doesn't I think just providing affinity to all elements. Or uh, what? Like if you were nuking with this weapon which would make it nice, um, add extra affinity to the current weather on. I think that'd be my fix. I mean, even just the enmity minus 20 thing, if you could transfer that to party members, that would be pretty neat, so you wouldn't necessarily need dirt. Well, if you want extra enmity. Or that, yeah. Like if like if it did like plus, I don't know, 40 or minus 40 and transfer to others, then it would be very useful to have. It could be part of the, part of the weather effect. So, yeah, okay. So I was That's just... what I meant that it transferred it with the storms. I thought this was the case, but I didn't want to say it before I pull up the double check. So yes, double weather from your storm two is um is a point two five uh in the equation here. Normal weather is point one, and matching double weather and spell and day spell proc. So like you know, dynamis with the right day and double weather will give you a point three five. If they just gave you that extra bit all the time when using weather. That would be a good fix to the weather aspect of it too, capping your uh, weather bonus all the time. Does the OB uh, basically do the same thing? Yeah, the proc is forced by wearing the OB. Yeah, but that's just with relation to like um, nukes. But if we we're talking about um, melees, then um, the pyro helix does give a decent strength bonus with one of the merit uh, traits, I believe. If it boosted that, for example, that would also be quite nice. They could do stuff that would make it nice. Yeah. Alright, should we move on to Ergons? Or... Yeah, there's I think it's a good ending, yeah. Yeah. Idris next. Everybody knows Idris. Everybody says, oh, I need Idris. You don't. For Idris. Yeah, it's not super necessary, especially since... Uh... I mean, maybe maybe for, like, if you're doing three fights, you're trying to do multiple tier threes or something. Yeah, I could see it being needed. Yeah, okay. If you're, if you're really going for, like, the hardest uh, content and trying to optimize and yeah but for 99 percent of things no yeah you don't really need it for ambuscade you don't really need it for gs feeds or ionic you definitely don't need it for lower content than that so. i do uh, okay let's go into lore before we talk about it for idris 
Got a long one here. Yeah. So yeah, Funk found two things surrounding Idris, but neither seemed to be a nod to geomancy, even in abstract. Idris is an immortal figure in Islamic legend mentioned in the Quran as a prophet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we're da- entering dangerous territory. Uh, according to the traditions <laughs> of the Sunnah, the major sect of Sunni, Jesus Christ, Sunni, I didn't know it was an A-H. I've never actually spelled it out before. I've just always said Shia and Sunni. Uh, apparently it's spelled that way. Uh, traditions of the Sunni, uh, the major sect of Islam, Idris appeared sometime between the prophets Adam and Noah and transmitted divine revelation through several books. He did not die, but was taken bodily to paradise to spend eternity with God. <clears throat> Popular legend also credits him with the invention of writing and sewing and of several forms of divination. He is regarded as the patron saint of craftsmen and Muslim knights. Uh, what's it going to do with, with nature or elements or anything to do? Okay, so the other one, Idris Gawar, or Gavar, uh, English, Idris the Giant. So Idris Gavar, I guess, was a king of Marionid, Marionid? in early medieval Wales. He is also sometimes known by the uh, patronomatic Idris, apt, too many consonants, uh, <laughs> Gwidno. Idris, Good apt, job. G-W-Y-D-D-N-O, Gwidno. Gvidno. Idris ab Gvidno. Idris son of Gvidno. <laughs> Although known as Idris Galver, uh, Idris the Giant, this may be, wait, I didn't say that before, this may be an error, and he may have been originally known as Idris Arvr. Arvr. Idris the Course. An Ur. Idris the Aru. Aruga. Idris the Aruga. He was apparently so large, <laughs> Aruga, that he could sit on the summit of Kader. I hate these goddamn Welsh words. <laughs> Why do I get the Welsh ones all the time? So I tell you to read them. Yes, thank you. Yes, the summit of fuck you. The summit of <laughs> Kader Idris and survey his whole kingdom, of which he could pronounce. Kader Idris, a Welsh mountain, literally means chair of Idris. Uh, I guess it sounds similar. Uh, Idris was said to have studied the stars from on top of it. You know, Idris is so epic at this point that I guess it doesn't matter what it's applied to. It's just an epic item. Wasn't a great actor. (laughs) Idris was said to have studied the stars on on top of it, and it was later reputed to bestow either madness or poetic inspiration on whomever spent a night on its summit. According to John Rees, who is John Rees? There were three other giants in the Welsh tradition, along with Idris. I'm going to assume he's some, uh, the cat scholar. is behind my monitor pushing it forward. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I assume he's some scholar of Welsh. Stop it, Blackie. One moment. Cat difficulties. Okay. Um, according to John Rees, there were three other giants in the Welsh tradition, along with Idris. These were... Yizgidion, Afrum, and Yizbrin, uh, or Yizbrian. <laughs> and each of them, the life of Brian, each of them is said to have a mountain named after him somewhere in the vicinity of Kadir Idris. Another story, Jesus Christ, another story has Idris seated in his chair plucking 
irritating grit from his shoe and throwing it down to the valley below where it formed the three large boulders seen there till this day. Seeing as this one directly refers to a mountain as well as a man, it might be more likely. I guess it's a discussion point. Uh, are you happy now? I think Fox made this. I didn't find all this stuff. You can mm. blame him. Uh, well. So apparently there's some Vanadil lore on the address page on the wiki. Gonna blame Naji's loop for this. Oh, oh good. I'll just read that, I guess. Good. You, yeah, your turn. I hope there's no Welsh there. Distinct in appearance and unlike any weapon Vanadil, the Idris was a legendary attunement wand wielded by Rallo Rene. Rallo Rene was the famed founder of the Order of Rene, one of the twelve orders of Adelin, which established a city on the eastern peninsula, uh, uh, peninsula of the Albuca continent. Rene also served as the fledgling city's first minister of education and had a uh, particular aptitude in teaching history. The Idris was gifted to Rene by the founder King August Adelin when he uncovered a strangely shaped and colored amalgamation of baled crystals during an incursion into the caverns of the Dogates. Rene brought the Idris with her on all subsequent expeditions into the Albuquerque continent as a personal geomancer of August, and it soon became evident to all who witnessed its incredible effects on her magic that it was no, no ordinary tuning wand. Upon Rene's death, the Idris vanished and all attempts by successors to the Order of Rene to find it proved fruitless. But its legend manner remained, uh, but its legend remained. Belief holds in the Order of Rene that the incredible powers the Idris bestowed uh, on their founder can be attributed to it being composed entirely of baled and fused with the very essence of the life stream, source of all geomancy and vanadial. Not bad, actually. Pretty detailed. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if Epilatry has one. I'm going to bet it doesn't because there's not fanboys for it like Idris. Yeah, it does not on the wiki. Uh, maybe there's something, a page related to it somewhere. I'm trying to remember what the quest line was about. It's been so long since I made mine. Yeah, I don't remember either. It's great though, but now we have more options for Geomancy plus 10 or plus whatever. The neck. The neck, especially plus what eight, seven, seven, six, and seven, five, six, and seven. So five is oh, worthless, okay. of course. But they don't stack, obviously. So you get not quite as potent spells as the Idris, but still up there. But I really appreciate the Lua pun damage taken minus twenty five percent with Idris. Yeah, and the absorb on the neck is also very nice. Yeah, paired with that, because those do stack. Yeah, but yeah, there's. I mean, aside from Idris enhancing geomancy effects. It's actually also a very solid nuking weapon when augmented, and um, it's actually a pretty decent melee weapon too, if you're spamming flash nova and stuff like that. Like How is the connect. um? Isn't there a good Odyssey nuking staff or club now? A club? Yeah, the Bunzi rod. I yeah, Bunzi rod. Yeah. Nice. How does it compare yeah. to this? Is it pretty good? Well, this has more magic accuracy. Yeah, oh, especially augmented. In terms of damage, I think the Bonzi actually eclipses it, but before Jail, uh, Idris was number one in terms of magic accuracy and damage. Does uh, Idris still win magic accuracy if augmented? Relief, so I mean, it's, it's a pretty large. Build, yes, so. um, I think what 40 is it? plus 30 is like 45 70. for the Bonzi, it's 40 on Idris, and you get an extra 30. Um, That's basically basically Merglice for Geomancer. Yeah, so given Geo's role of also not just nuking sometimes, but mostly debuffing. Uh, the extra magic accuracy is very nice for that. Plus, as long as you're not swapping out of uh, Idris, you 
can still keep protection up for your Lupin. So to be fair that's... though, if you don't need the accuracy, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, that extra mine for paralyzed could be potentially useful. Oh yeah. So exudiation now. We have a little bit of flavor text for that. Is there more Welsh? Ah, uh, yes. You're going to read this one. I don't know if it's Welsh, but I don't know what it is, but it's pretty complicated. Exudiation, it's so associated weapon skill. It seems like a strange is choice, a, though. Is it a Zudashin? What, 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 I don't know how to... A Zudashin? Exudiation, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, exudashin? exudashin? It's, it's got think. a pronunciation thing, I think. I just can't read that Greek. Ex- exudation. Exudation? Exudation. Exudation it is. The act of exuding or oozing out. (laughs) This is probably in reference (laughs) to the idea that an indicolor spell emanates from its geomancer. Sylvie says in one of the requests, the ancient geomancers realized that the answer wasn't to control the land, but rather let themselves be swept up by its current and borrow some of its strength. But the weapon skill is 50% in, 50% mind. FTP 2.8. I feel like, uh, you know, for as far as melee weapons go, that this one fares better than uh, other ones do for clubs as far as they go, especially because it's newer too. It's an attack boost. It's got good modifiers compared to other things. The FTP is not super low. It's, it's low, but not super low. Yeah, I think it's just mostly just to activate your aftermath, after which you would use... Um... Magic-based weapon skills, like uh, Flash Metal, as mentioned before. Yeah. You can actually, on the main invasion worms with um, Blades, you can hit uh, cap damage with Flash Metal, if I remember correctly. Without, I've been uh, a lot of talking the Geo forum uh, thread about Melee Geo lately. Uh, well, we've, we've talked about that in the Discord before with, uh, uh, I think that the short was Fox's Don't. He did a, a, don't. a Fox Danger Lab. What we... You know, there's been some adamant people about it. It feels like, you know, white mage melee fanboying level 75 are all over again. But hey, things always have to come back in style. Like uh, these really super high jeans women wear now where they're like covering their entire torso in jeans. Like it's something out of My Hero Academia. But everything comes back into flavor, I suppose. These high risers, these 80s clothes we're seeing again. I mean, I put uh, melee geomats on the same level as uh, melee summoner can work depending on the situation but usually you don't really want them to melee yeah why they have so much so much utility idle gear that they can't really drop just to have protection in melee range lulu point of die and all that and the point is to debuff or buff your team yeah like the spell also takes a ton of mp so you don't really want to drop your refresh if you can yeah can't really melee great when you're scouting red mage for dispel there's a lot of things. I mean, I'm sure there's some situation where it could be somewhat appropriate to do that. But as far as a uh, constant theme for a job, no, it is not. I, I want to say, wasn't there some confusion about what Geomancy plus 10 meant when the weapon was first released? No one really knew. I believe so. Because it wasn't that was Geomancy skill. Yeah. Well, we had the bell at that point from the Lawkeeper Reeve, so, and Donna, I think, maybe. Maybe. But we knew what Geomancy did. We just didn't know the extent of how much it would be. There was no, like, no one recorded, like, oh, this is incredible for frailty. Oh, yeah. I mean, I heard uh, from a friend who was active during the time when I wasn't that, um, what was it, Indie, uh, like, uh, Duo Vex was crazy with Idris and Bolster because uh, it could make basically every NM miss its uh, debuffs. Yeah, before the Geo nerf. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, before well, you still use it in some regards. Like if you're fighting Albumin with melees, they would want that uh, Vex or yeah, Jumit, whatever you're using. It's, it's not a percentage uh, debuff anymore, but it's a flat value now. So it's nowhere as crazy as before, but it's still useful if you pair it with other defenses. Yeah, that back for melee burns before they nerfed that, um, you could just invalidate all the TP moves and you would. Bar was in such a bad spot back then. That's before the Bard buff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no point to have a Bard for quite a while. And the evasion nerfs on the Nems. Yeah. The double evasion nerfs. But also what's nice about Idris is, besides Idris Alba, Elba? <laughs> Um, is that the Lupin damage there is very nice for not needing to have as much gear on uh, Geo. So I could see, I mean, you're not at 87.5 yet, but being at 75 natively with just that club on helps a lot in terms of idle for refresh or idle for other stats. And, uh, sorry, the cat again. And, uh, you know, I could see trying to squeeze some melee at that, but it's not, it's never going to be ideal. So as far as the press goes, Argrons aren't too expensive, are they? Not anymore? No, it's actually pretty cheap these days. Yeah, the biggest thing is the time gate for people. Oh, yeah, time yeah, gate, yeah. The coalitions. So let's talk about 75 cap. How was it back <laughs> then? <laughs> you know, at 75 cap, people just didn't give Idris a chance. So it's kind of like yeah, the whole dancer GMS, story. Yeah, Geomancer was pretty underappreciated. Nobody really played it. You know, they, they just it took time for Geomancer at 75 to become a thing. You know, it's just, you know, if it, we knew back then what we knew now. But funny enough, though, all the history I've looked, been looking at for forum posts, everyone assumed Geomancer would be a job in Final Fantasy XI before it came out. Wouldn't or would? Would. Well, everyone was talking about Time Mage and Chocobo Knight before Time that. Time Mage, yeah. Chocobo Knight was the one you heard all the time, too. Yeah, Chocobo I heard Knight. Onion Knight mostly because of the Onion Swords. <laughs> I still, besides being a Final Fantasy reference, I still don't know why the fuck they made those weapons. Just for the lols. Well, they sure like their lulls. So there's not a history thing for Apple Tree here. Um, I don't remember. I enjoyed the cutscenes. I like the stories and things. I just don't remember them. If I go back to the cutscenes or just watch them on YouTube or something, I'm sure. Um, yeah. If you get the opportunity to play the quests, uh, dear listeners, then please go for it. It's worth it. I don't see anything on JPWiki either. Maybe the Forbidden Wiki has some information. Well, Renee had Idris. Who the fuck had, uh, you know, Apple Tree? Apple Tree? Apple Tree? Yeah. Who would that be, yeah? Wasn't, uh, that, wasn't it that one Runefencer guy? It wasn't on Choo Choo. No. She, she just but has, she was, you know, Berserk. That's all she has. But I think Choo Choo is involved in the quest, along with that one Tartar with that, uh, that golden armor, I think. With the piss armor. <laughs> well, when you're a Taru in a city of Galkas, it's hard not I to I like how uh, uh, Final Fantasy Encyclopedia uses our naming scheme. They call it 119.3, just like we do. We kind of came up with that uh, slogan, the 119.1 oh, and 2. There they... Because there's no 2. It just uh, jumps from 119 to 3. I don't see anything on here either, so... Yeah, so I guess people just have to play the quests, experience it for themselves, or watch it on YouTube. I'm sure we can all watch YouTube videos. Carvana probably has a video on the storyline. If not, I'm sure Rua does. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, because that's all content there is YouTube videos and Twitch. <laughs> oh, you see, we mentioned the ASMR of Twitch before that. You know, with 
OnlyFans getting away nudity here. My OnlyPans account is going to clearly suffer the downfall of lacking my hot, hot, sexually explicit OnlyPans action. All the balsamic in all the right places. Well, I can also fill off your banana there. <laughs> fill off your Gizona? Yeah, I forgot. That was going to be a thing before the show is the uh, OnlyFans is changing and my OnlyPans will suffer. But also, uh, to mention balsamic for another time here, because that's all I mention on this show every time. Uh, after the discussions of prior episodes, for those who have listened to more than one or two of us, I'm assuming Mythic is the one and two, Cavill uh, in the Discord has gone and gotten the higher quality balsamic and then when picked up vanilla bean ice cream and put it on, he said, interesting. I think his words were that it was uh, good, but it starts like, you know, normal topping for ice cream, but it's tangy at the start instead. So like tangy chocolate syrup, I guess. We use like a sweeter balsamic um... With strawberries, it's actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. Paired with uh, some powdered sugar. I don't like strawberries, but just the idea of those items together. It's getting my it's, only uh, my only pans are getting ready. Yeah, it's, uh, it surprised me too when it first tasted it. Like, you wouldn't think the sweet sourness would pair that well, but it does really well. Fortunate for you, I don't think anything, and I just try. Well, that's good. I recommend it. Yeah, Fox thinks things, and that's why he's, he's held up. He gets like, I don't but know, yeah. that didn't sound good, but I'm just like, oh, fuck it, try it. But yeah, you definitely have to use like a sweeter, creamier balsamic, uh, not the acidic, make sour it, kind. Yeah, yeah. If you make it into a glaze, um, that would work. Anyway. There's different brands, so you can probably find something. Epiola tree. Um, let, me, let me look at this. It's Greek here. Uh, okay, we're fine. No, uh, no fucking Welsh. So, Epiola tree. Uh, it's a sword in which the suffix latree for praise slash worship is attached to epos which means a word in greek um and it means word worship mm-hmm. you couldn't put that together had to walk you there it derives from can't read that in greek which unlike can't read that also in greek more specifically means word in greek and was apparently coined in 1860 by oliver wendell holmes senior who i assume could read greek Dimediation. Uh, is a form of marshalling by joining the dexter half of one heraldic shield with the sinister half of another divided per pale or something per bend. Webster Dictionary in parentheses. What does that mean, Funk? Uh, that was from Fox, I believe. No, uh, or, um, I'm not sure who that was from. Well, there's only four of us, so it wasn't Eric's. I think it was from Varys, maybe. Oh, there's five. Okay, sorry. That's probably about Eastern. Uh, Zan. Oh, Zan. Jeez. Fucking Zahn sneaking in here. Sneaking into the only pans. Uh, Adimidiation was the joining of two uh, heraldic shields or coats of arms together. That makes more sense now. Uh, due to sovereignty, dominion, alliance, descent, or pretension. According to Arthur Charles Fox Davies in 1909. Such as a marriage... Uh, the coat was split down the center, typically vertically, creating the halves called dexter and sinister. Why would you write this part first? It explains this. The dexter, the wielder's right, viewer's left, was the side of higher honor, while the sinister, the wielder's left or viewer's right, was the lesser honor of or significance. Typically, if the heraldic shield or coat of arms was made through marriage, the husband's shield was in the dexter half, while the wife shield was in the sinister half. 
The, the mediation was commonly seen between the 1200s to 1500s, where it fell out of favor for impalement. Okay. Because uh, when, okay. when I think of impalement... <laughs> yeah. I, so, I guess being the strong hand there fell out of favor for just impaling things. Or maybe this is getting to OnlyFans territory. The weapon skill demediation is a two-hit weapon skill, possibly referring to the two sides of a shield. On other notes, the trait Incortata, Lunge, Lament, and Sephorzo are all names of fencing techniques. So at level 75, how is this weapon? Absolutely amazing. Like, I've never seen anybody with it, but... Uh, you know, everyone... It's so rare. It. You know, it was. You know, if you had that back then, you were the shit. And uh, I'm glad they buffed it, because it needed the buff, though. Really fell out of favor for a while. Yeah, I heard Sage Sunday had it. Sage Sunday, you know, I just look at that and I say, "What?" Yeah, during Abyssia, it wasn't really that great, but you know, it got it got buffed in Adelin. You know, unlike so many other things that were not given the proper attention, I'm glad that they really brought this up from 75 to now. You know, how's yeah, it today? Today, it's very good. It's always been great. It's it's better than it's ever been. What makes it great? The fact that it lets you play Rune Fencer in a true fencing fashion of both offensively and defensively. Yeah, I mean, it has, that? has excellent protection. The big, uh, the, the big the only really. Yeah, you yes. can you can use both your sinister and dexter side to uh, defend yourselves. Can you disarm your enemies at the hilt? Indeed. Uh, only if you depress the button in the handle. Yeah, the button is always depressed. But yeah, uh, in all seriousness, seriousness, it gives a ton of enmity. It gives you uh, PDT two minus twenty five percent. And massively increases your TP speed. Uh, demediation is a very solid button skill with the, the augment and recent gear. The only unfortunate but, uh, part is the dexterity being the modifier, but my yeah, but cat it's is scratching if you don't hear that. Well, an all-around perfect weapon for rune fencer, and uh, you basically don't really see any rune fencers without it these days that are involved in series endgame. Well, which, uh, yeah. well if we speak to our boys on who was nice enough to be a part of this without me knowing that they submitted this because I didn't pay attention. Uh, it's it's You don't need it. You can tank you things don't. without it. But I, I really like it for the fact that I can hurt things with it because you need it. Because the weapon skill is great because Greatsword gets dog shit skill chain properties and having a frag slash self-light is really, really nice. And it's, it's nice over resolution, of course, because there's not an attack penalty on it. There's an attack bonus. So in most situations, especially if you augment your greatsword a bit here, the the dim is going to exceed anything you're possibly going to throw out on Rune Fencer. So it's nice to be able to do damage with a defensive weapon. You know, like you don't have to throw on Nakeling on Paladin and lose your PDT2, you get to keep it. And it, you know, makes Rune Fencer uh, you know, a little more dynamic. Yeah, well, a while ago before um, every DD had a lot of magic evasion, Lionheart was very popular among Rune Fencers as sort of a Tank EDD because you had uh, all that magic evasion plus the damage from um, resolution with Lionheart. But I'm, I'm glad that's changed because Sepiolo Tree is just a really, really nice button to have. It just feels good to use and it's excellent in pretty much every way. Can't really praise it enough. Have you ever been proud of your cat, Funk? Yeah, he just jumped on my lap. Well, well your, your bar is very low. My cat just <laughs> scratched and burying itself in the litter box there for the past maybe two minutes straight, maybe three if it's pushing it. It took the stinkiest shit. Really 
and just buried that while I'm trying to talk. I don't know if the scratching was coming over, but he was just scratching away at, at that box. At least he buried it. Oh, man. Just left it there for you I, he moved the entirety of the box to the corner, I think. He just took the stinkiest shit oh, and, just, and just buried that sucker. Oh, God. <laughs> this is the worst. So, I had to, uh, just had to share that. It's a good uh, ending to the episode. Yes, I uh, think it is. I do like the afterglows being green, though. It's pretty uh, cool. Oh, yeah, it took them forever oh, to fuck out, but... <laughs> Carrot said that the cat's leaving us a review. <laughs> yes, I, I like the green. It's different. I'm glad that while they are technically mythics, they are not. So, Yeah. yeah. Shows how you always take the stinkiest shits and never wash. Carrot... <laughs> Carrot says she doesn't like the green because it's like a fart aura following you. Reminds me of the, the Sims when they're stinky that has a little green aura. <laughs> so how long did we get to this episode then? Uh, not long enough. Not as long as last time, but we're pushing it. But I'm glad we managed to, within about uh, seven and a quarter or seven and a half hours, cover all the mythics and associated banter. Well, I'm glad How are we doing that? What was that, Eric's? I'm glad I didn't fall asleep. Oh yeah, I'm glad I took a nap. Are we doing Empyreans next or not? Uh, Are they worth doing? I I think we can do Empyreans in one episode. So I think so too. I think it's mostly like Final Fantasy weapons. There's a few real life ones in there. (laughs) Characters you can do in one episode. They all suck. (laughs) Are we still recording though? Or oh yeah 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 we're we're gonna wrap it up. So uh, for those who don't know, our sponsor ads today uh, came from Zon. We have a new channel in the Discord. uh, pod asked Lad Poons, <laughs> as all great names have here, uh, and you just post your, you know, fake sponsorship uh, inserts there, and we will randomly insert them in the podcast at different times. We have another one lined up, so anyone in Discord will have them ru- be ruined, but maybe if there's enough of them, we'll use them out of order, so you don't know which one is going to get used. Um, so things like that, but I appreciate the different ones we've seen here. The next one, I, I think, is very good. Um, so, otherwise, leave us a stinky shit of a review on iTunes, if you so feel inclined, or a thumbs down on YouTube if you really like us. And uh, don't ring that bell, because it's annoying. And, uh, you know, all those other things. Write us an email if you want. Uh, join the Discord, the link shell and game, on Sura server. Uh, write us an email, suggestions. If you need a boot scraper in your shower, inquire within uh, WTFinvanadeal at gmail.com. And anything else to add, guys? Yeah. Um, don't forget, if you have a stinky poop, remember Nodgy's Loop. <laughs> Nodgy's <laughs> Loop. Okay, uh, Loop for a cat. Uh, it was bad. Uh, so anything to plug? Any webcomics for you, Eric's, or anything with you, Funk? With Hopefully your... soon. Your history. Oh, uh, working on the last few storyboards. Um, Not much of a thing to plug, just the history again, as of course, nothing new from last time. Are you too busy I, on key items to not continue with your history of Von Adil? Well, I want to format it, but I want to first release a history of play online. Ooh. It's going to be incredibly vast because there's not much to play online. <laughs> but they oh, had some good Terra, for it. The Terra Master or whatever, and the. You had the chat rooms people were in when the update was going on because updates took hours and hours. And shut the fuck up, Whitey. It's cat meowing. And um, I'm a great cat owner. And uh, what was it? The Terror Master and uh, the 
emailing stuff over that was ridiculous. Emailing your screenshots out through that and sending messages to people because people actually used to send messages over that. Yeah, as well as they had some games in Japan only that were actually released on it. So I want to cover those. Really? Yep. So I guess you have to stay tuned and see. Stay tuned for your next intro of not the next year of History of Monodeal. I remember people people actually using the email address provided by Play Online for a long time. I used it. I, I customized mine. I didn't have a bunch of X's and numbers and shit. <laughs> it took them I a did. while to shut down. It was good, though. You had like lots of space on there. It was like you had to pay for a premium for that kind of space back in the day. Yeah, you know, they had to make the uh, they had to save in the bandwidth for the updates, but they sure provided space. I mean, you yeah. did pay premium in, indirectly by playing Final Fantasy XI. Oh, yeah. But technically, you could still access your email, though, without playing. Technically, yeah, but most people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Except if you had most to log people. out and check your damn email and then flashing things up there. Yeah. Oh, I hated that because you had to log out of the game to get that. That's, but include that in there. That, that sucked. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, first time it happened to me, I didn't know what it was. And I'm like, why is it a different looking thing? And I couldn't figure it out for a while. And it wouldn't like for, we're talking like maybe months I had it. And I was annoyed by this blinking play online logo in my corner. I couldn't get rid of. Oh yeah. Square Enix uh, sent us emails occasionally, didn't they? Yes. Yes, they did. And that's what that was. Yep. The propaganda or spam. Yes. It was spam, but it was SE spam on their stuff. So you couldn't see it. enlargement. Happy New Year's. Uh, I think that was the Rollenberry Fields Brewery sending you nice emails. Subscribe to their mailing list. Get the next Rollenberry 558 or whatever the fuck. And then they just, now they just send you the mailing list over normal email, because, of course. But I think that's it, guys. Uh, thank you again for coming, you two. And next week, yeah, Fox will be back. He will uh, we'll, we'll drag him away from his obligations in life to be in the most important of all places, here. Do you have a spoiler or a secret hint of what next week's episode is i don't, I don't have anything planned. all right all we know is that we won't have any puns i mean maybe maybe various but there's other people that you know it'd be nice if anyone else wants to do anything or suggest anything it's always good to have these we we enjoy this so you know maybe you should do another puppet master episode <laughs> it's that's one of the more popular episodes so that was that's that's made it I feel like we haven't had enough puppet master content for some reason. I feel like I feel we have too much. I feel like that might be more suited to the uh, what the game, um, you know, part of the YouTube channel where we, we do things. But you're not on our server, so it's too too bad for you. Thank. You. Anyway, thank you guys. Uh, who wants to do the send off? Uh, Eric's Funk. Who's doing the send off here? I mean, I already gave you a pretty good slogan, didn't I? Yes. What was that? Naji's. Oh, the Naji's loop. One more time, just for the effect. If you got a stinky poop, remember not to use loop. <laughs>